This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Brass with Longleaf Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. a million of them you just gotta have them and know that they're you're, uh you're getting eggs left and right i think you're officially the baird's king i hope oh you gotta I you gotta hook so. a brother up man yeah let me get on this action so i have that that clutch <laughs> no like i have the, so i have the loma alta clutch which looks perfect i have the head hypo clutch which that was only i think seven eggs and only two of those are good. The others are already starting to mold and everything. Oh, really? So I, that was, she kind of, I don't a few, know. It if there's a few that could go either way, let them yeah, ride. Because uh, I've, well, I've had, I've had moldy eggs. Like, these these don't, I need to plug bad. my candle in and, and charge it and stuff so I can look. But the two that are good look really good. It's the other yeah, five I, that just look like garbage. And I got one in my clutch that was a slug. And I, I, was, I wanted to pull it from the start, but it, it was just kind of, it was like in the middle. I was like, mm-hmm. I'll let it go. And I just looked at them tonight and it, it's already getting some mold on it. So I'm going to have to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm using these containers and I've got them on just straight spag. And I noticed there's like some mold on spag kind of forming. So it's like, I kind of want to get my hands on some springtails. And maybe if I throw some in those, in those boxes, they'll curb that a little bit, but we'll see. I don't know. But this is episode 162 of the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is brought to you by Steve Snakeshuray and his Venom Hot Sauce. Cottonmouth Sauce is where it's at. Uh, he just drinks the stuff straight because I guess in Louisiana, that's just what they do. Wait, what? You ever seen the videos of him? Just He just has a bottle no. of hot sauce and he just... No. Oh, geez. It's no, hardcore, man. That. He's done it with some like a bunch of different kinds, but... Not only just the the snakeshuary stuff, but like other hot sauces. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. I couldn't do it. It's a diff- different hot down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're it's right. It's a different breed. It's a different type of man. What's <laughs> mayor in your chest? That's right. Put some fuzz on your peaches, some lead in your pencil. All that. Damn right. Uh, so check him out. If you get his hot sauce, you're helping him with the snakeshuary. So you're helping him with public outreach, public education rehabilitation of uh snakes other reptiles that get brought to him rescues you know he has a collection that he maintains to to educate everyone so if you're getting his hot sauce you're helping him uh fund everything and and keep everything running smooth and he's been our number one since day one yeah he's been our sponsor for quite a while now yeah he's a good dude i want to have him on again soon we need to make that happen yeah uh, and then blackboxcages.com, we were just talking about it before we started. Jake's got a bunch of their stuff. I know I've been talking about it on Snakes and Stogies for like two weeks now, but I want to do a video mm-hmm. on Jake's setups and what he's got as far as what he has from them and, and all that good stuff. So that may or may not happen over the weekend. We're going to see. Uh, check them out, blackboxcages.com. Check them out Facebook, Instagram. Hit us up. We've got those those new sliding front cages yeah they're the best of the best man like formally putting out there into the into the ether so people know they exist but they exist now it's just not on the website we don't really advertise them but they do exist we just i've been waiting on on some pictures and stuff to really hammer it home that they're they're there so 
Now, nah, man, stuff's the best of the best. I've been rocking with it for a while now. Just upgraded a bunch of stuff to the XR20. I was about to fill up the XR16 with carpets, but then I realized that's not going to leave me any space for stuff that I'm getting this year. Um, so, going to hold off a little longer. So, the XR16 is empty now, but XR20 is Let me get up. it. No, dude. Things about to be about to be going again. More with stuff coming. What? Man. Oh, is it a secret? We'll see. All right. All, ki- all kinds of stuff in the works, man. You want some thorn scrubs? Huh? No, I don't want some thorn scrubs. Boy, quit trying to pawn off your thorns. Take my, porn, my thorn scrubs. My porn scrubs. <laughs> my porn scrubs. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> no, I'm, I'm good with the three that I have. What's been going on? Because we haven't had an episode in... Uh... Yeah, it's been two weeks. Has it been two weeks? Yeah, we didn't have one last week. It has been two weeks. Yeah, you had a work event. Yeah, that was the last event at the shop. Well, it wasn't my last event because I was at the shop today and Raj was like, oh, yeah, June 17th, we've got an event you're working. And I was like, oh, oh, what? Okay. I told him I'd help with events. Uh, but I, I thought that would be like a, hey, can you work this event sort of situation? Yeah. And I would have been like, maybe, maybe not. Instead, it's, hey, bitch, you're working seven, the 17th. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, nothing. It's weird. too crazy. It's still daylight, dude. Yeah, I know. It's, I not, love this it. This is really true. This is the earliest we've we've done it on a weekday. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Like, I got off at five, and I went and topped off mice, and then I came home, and I didn't know what to do. Like, I kind of just laid in bed where the AC and the fan was running on high, and just watched YouTube for an hour, and then dozed off for a few minutes, and then yep. you came over, and I was like, "Oh, this is." It's pretty nice. Kind of nice. Nice little. Yeah. I can take my time. I can go get stuff done after Welcome. work and Welcome not have to, to rush life. home. Welcome to, to the get, life, man. To eat and set up and, you know, so it's. You can clean your snakes like after it. work now. That's right. It's uh, plenty of time. Yep. It's it's nice. And I'm it's an adjustment, but it's a good adjustment. So uh, breeding updates wise. So Dion's eggs, two corn clutches, two Baird's clutches. Dion's are going to be first to hatch. I'm thinking, so those were laid on the 13th, so I've still got probably three weeks before they, they're they supposed to land, if that makes any sense. All the other stuff probably won't even be hatching until the end of next month, I think. Yeah. I honestly, like, I put the dates on because my dad was like, when's this hatching? And I was like, I don't I'll, I put the date on the box, and I, I honestly haven't even bothered to look at the calendar it's like i check on them you can't man it's like you look at them basically every day so just just wait it out just ignore the calendar they'll hatch faster yep uh this week though we are joined by mr brandon mcwilliams who is honestly probably one of my my favorite instagram accounts and i'm pretty sure i've told you that multiple times like he posts i mean photography stuff is really cool but he has Bairds. I don't. I don't. He has Bairds. I just. I, know I don't know. Pander to the host. Yeah, I've been. I've been following you for a while though, and it's just. It's always one of those accounts where I'm like, I like seeing, the stuff you you post. Thanks, man. I appreciate you know? that. I just. I enjoy it. Uh, and you got yeah. a, You got a. You got a kick-ass collection. So I was like, you know, I actually asked you like a week or two ago. It was two weeks ago, and you were out herping. Yeah. And so then this week I was like, let's see if we can make it happen. So here we are. 
I yeah, always like here. Yeah, I always like these episodes because like I was on Reptile Talk quite a while ago and you know they they said something about how like I'm a avid field herper, but I also keep in captivity a lot and you know a lot of times it's kind of either it's kind of either one or the other for you know some people i won't say a lot but some people it's kind of one or the other you know more of a keeper versus a like a 90 10 split yeah yeah exactly you know normally if you keep you kind of do some stuff in the field but not a lot so but i always like having people on who are you know do a lot of both you know it's always yeah, it's really interesting how the two worlds are uh, sometimes like divided. You know, I think that yeah. Instagram I haven't figured out yet. So I, I appreciate that, Justin, that, you know, <laughs> check, checking me out on there. But uh, it, it seems like that uh, that makes it tough when you do do both because th- there's no real uh, direction. But, you know, I kind of just use yeah. that as my personal Dropbox of <laughs> stuff yeah, I like yeah. to, yeah. to en- enjoy. That's what my personal Instagram has become. It's like I don't even put hashtags on any pictures. It's like I got pictures of my kid, my dog. Yep. Sometimes random stuff I see. Like it's not. I don't care about it. It's that exact thing. It's just a an, an extra file saver. Yep. But um, right. general sort of intro stuff. I mean, I know as of late we've kind of been like, if you want to go all the way back, back, feel free. If not, you know, just. Who are you and what are you uh what are you currently working with or focused sure. on? Sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, probably not too interesting of a backstory, kind of similar to, to everybody who's into snakes, right? Into it as a kid. Uh it was a little interesting. You know, my first snake was a, a garter snake that uh I think my dad got me. I was like four years old. And uh, you know, I don't remember much from that time, obviously, but I what I do remember is that thing latched onto my stomach. And <laughs> ah. uh my mom and you know completely freaked out and the next day it was dead so i don't know if it was uh you know poor husbandry or uh the thing was off or it got damaged during the extraction from my stomach but that was my first experience with pet snakes um so i didn't have any snakes after that for a, a pretty long time i had a bunch of lizards uh that i killed um with pet rock <laughs> and, and, what, and whatnot for a while um, and then, uh, I always was, you know, we lived in a pretty rural area. So I was always outside finding salamanders, frogs. I would catch water snakes, bring them home, keep them in an aquarium for the summer. You know, so we're super into fishing. So I would catch stunfish, throw them in there and always get a trip out of, uh, seeing this huge bulge in a, a snake. I, I thought no way it would eat that fish kind of a thing. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, high school, I kept some stuff. I had a corn snake, ball python, typical stuff. This is, you know, mid nineties and, you know, we, I couldn't really get much beyond that and uh, kept some leopard geckos and then went off to college. My grandma took my leopard geckos. She loved those things. It was pretty cool. <laughs> um, she actually got eggs out of them and stuff, never hatched them or anything, but she, she loved those leopard geckos because I was going to sell them when I left, but she, she kept them and uh, took care of them for a while. They, they lived a pretty long life with, with her. And then uh, I didn't keep reptiles for a while. I was always in the outdoors and hiking. And uh, got back into it. I always figured, you know, when I got back to a more stable life situation, I was going to get back into snakes. And that's what I did. Got, got a house and started looking for snakes again. And I always remembered, it sounds super cheesy, but uh, when, when I was, you know, into snakes in the, the 90s, you know, all, albino ball python first came out. And seeing that in Reptiles Magazine, is like, wow, this thing is awesome. And then I saw some of them. I was, I was pretty local to the Hamburg show. I grew up in Southeast PA. And they were like, you know, 10 grand. So to me, that was just like, like, wow, someday when I make it, I'm going to have snakes like this. So when I finally had the means, 
I was like, okay, I'm going to get some of these cool things when I was a kid. So, you know, I'll buy a ball python. was the first thing I went out and got. And they were, you know, only a couple hundred bucks then, but still it was a nostalgia. And I still have that snake to this day. This is around oh, 2014. Wow. Kind of got back to it. It's the only ball python I have, but again, sounds super cheesy, but it's kind of just a reminder, like, you know, I'm grateful for all this stuff um, that I have. Um, reptile wise, just, just kind of in life, the, just kind of snakes kind of represent that for me. So it's really, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of special to me that that to be yeah. able to to have some of this stuff. Yeah, it seems like everyone has sort of that like top five species they saw in reptiles at some point in their life that just stuck with them as a you know as a kid or, or a young adult or something. You know, and it's like I mean for me like Amazon tree boas, Ackies, seeing the old uh, signal herp emerald tree boa ads and stuff it was like i i'll like it would be so cool to own those and then you know you get older and you get a house and you're like wait a second i can do it i can do whatever i want right. like i'm yeah. an adult now and so yeah, it's yeah so there were three for me there was three there was the ball python the green tree python and a gray banded king snake um so the alternative is one thing I, I still don't keep uh kind of changed my mind on that i still think they're beautiful animals just uh not in my collection yet and then the, uh, so when I got back into it, I got that uh, ball python. And when I was looking around, I was going to local shows and um, Jason Balin's local to me. So I started oh. seeing these, these carpet pythons and I was like, those are really cool. Mm. Started doing the research uh, into carpet pythons. And then, you, you know, the first things you pop up, oh, you know, these things are huge. They're the humidity, all the myths, right? They're mean. And, uh, exactly. All that stuff. So I, I kind of put that off and, and then, um, but then I kept seeing Jason. So I started talk, start talking to him. And uh, it's like, all right, I got a, I got a coastal carpet, and then it was kind of all downhill from there. Um, that's kind of what got me into carpets. And then uh, did the research on the green trees, and I was like, oh well, I was traveling a lot for work at the time. I was like, oh, you know, you got to miss these things every day. I was like, oh well, shit, you know, I've been waiting all this time. I was gonna get one of these things. Now, it's probably not for me. Then I did some more research. It's like, okay, you probably don't need to do that. And then um, so I've been keeping green trees now for about six years. I, I just have a real small group um mostly carpet pythons in my collection now i've got a few rat snakes i've got a, a you know just that one pair of bairds um a small group of black rats um a couple other odds and ends i have a pair of salmon tree boas uh, a pair of leopard rat snakes and that's about it in terms of species nice. very cool do you have like a locality of black rats what kind of black rats do you have so I do have one locality. Uh, it's because it showed up in my basement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's very, very local. Uh, I, I, it's the only, well, besides the Salmon and Trubo, it's the only wild caught snake I have. Uh, it, it, it was kind of odd circumstances. I, it was really, I'm not too superstitious, right? But it, it was almost a sign. I had been like looking at, really into black rats. I kind of wanted a project where I could have like a rack of something where I could play with colors, right? See all the things with, I'm not really, Super in the Morse, but I like everything kind of a thing. If that makes any sense. I um, know I'm I'm right there with you, dude. I love my wild types, but I have like a select few morph yeah, projects yeah. that I yeah. really like, you know. And... Right. So I wanted to play with a little bit of the color stuff. So I was looking at black rats because I love black rat snakes. It's one of my favorite snakes to find out about, um, local to me. And and um, so I had been looking like every day at like black rat moors, just different black rat stuff. And then it was in the fall. This was uh, two or three years ago. Down in my basement, uh, I find this baby black rat snake just on the floor. And it was one of those days where I think it waited too long to like get cover. 
And uh, so it was obviously last minute because it got cold super quick. And it's like, well, if I just let this thing go, my cats are going to get it. So it's going to die if it stays here. If I put it outside, it's going to die because it, it got cold kind of a thing. So it's like, well, I'll throw it in a tub for now. <laughs> and uh, it's just now it's still here. Never left. Yeah. Uh, how, so, long ago, how long ago was that? That was uh, two and a half years ago. So I guess nice. to answer your question, mostly what I have is morphs, but I do have yeah. one you know, locality yeah. animal. Cool. That's awesome. So at what point did you get the Bairds and why? Like, had you already seen them? Like, were you already familiar with them when you got into them? How drunk was... were you when you decided <laughs> to get Bairds is the question. Yeah, it was it was kind of a um, serendipitous type of thing. I kind of stumbled on them. I was actually looking at um, California red-sided garter snakes at the time. So, Justin, you may you may see where this is going. I know you 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 talk to Tim a lot and have some of his animals, but I found Tim Spuckler's website, oh, and he's got some amazing pictures of bears on there from the Vivid Line stuff, the Loma Alta stuff. And then I was like, like I had never even seen him before that, and I was like, what what is this? Like this is incredible. Like they have you know red, orange, you know metallic, you know gunmetal colors. It's like it's like they're incredible. If you look at his pictures, they're incredible. Um, and I, you know, Tim Gebhardt's website, Vivid Reptiles, you know, found that I was like, holy shit, these things are, why aren't these things, why doesn't everybody have these? They're, they're just incredible. And then, um, it took me a long time to actually find a pair. It was crazy. Um, they, you know, they're pretty hard to find. Even today, you know, I, I keep an eye out. It, they don't come up too often. Yeah. They're um, very infrequent. Yeah. And it seems like what, what, what I've found is that a lot of these, uh, colubrid things, you have a lot of like old timers or maybe not even old timers, but just more guys that just don't have an online presence. So you kind of have to go to shows to find a lot of this stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I go to shows here and there, but not that much, but yeah, it, was, it took me a while. It took me about a year to actually find a pair. Um, so I got real lucky. Uh, you know, I just, you know, was checking and, uh, I found this locality pair on, on fauna and I, I scooped them up and, you know, right after I got them, there was like, you know, 10 other replies, like, are these things still available? Um, and I, yeah, I love those things. It's crazy. It's, it's, I don't know. It seems like I'm attracted to these things that go through this onogenic color change, you know, carpets, mm -hmm. green trees, bears. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I don't know if it's, I'm a, a, a closet, you know, addicted gambler or what, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's just, it's really interesting to see how they change. Like even mm -hmm. the pair I have, like they're siblings, but they're completely different. The male is like that. He turned out exactly what I was hoping for. Like that really like, you get that red where it's like lava in between mm -hmm. the metal. Um, you know, like it looks like the pictures you see of like the volcano in Hawaii erupting. Like it's mm -hmm. just it's crazy, you know, with that deep orange and, you know, real saturated reds and orange colors and stuff like that. And then the, the female is real, she's real silvery. She has a little bit of an orange wash, but she's really, really silver. Um, so it's just, you know, even within the clutch, that, that variation that you get, I think that's part of the attraction. But I mean, just that look, just the, it's hard to explain because it's really hard to capture in pictures yeah. um, of, of these things. And, you know, you see babies and it's the same thing with trying to sell carpets. It's, you know, you see a baby and it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's no. funny. Cause I don't think I know anybody that got bears because like they had seen them previously and they, they purposefully like went out of their way to go find bears. It was one of those things where like they had never seen or heard of them before saw them, you know, somewhere be it a show or whatever and then it just stuck in their mind and eventually they managed to get their hands on some yeah because yeah, oh go ahead 
Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it was it was hard to find a pair like um, like Jason Hood. I think had a clutch around the time. Mm -hmm. You know, he still breeds them around the time that I was looking for him. I you know I messaged him, and you know his were all gone, and you know a couple other people. You know, uh, Tim. You know, no, nobody had them, and uh, it was really like I said, it took me I think close to a year to actually find a pair uh, to, to to even get them. Yeah, I think a lot of it just is because they have smaller clutches. Like they don't. For right. for a colubrid like a rat snake panther of specifically like of their size because they are on the on the the bigger side. I mean, obviously they're not going to get nearly as big as like some of the yellows and stuff we have. Bear, but birds are birds get pretty big. Really? Yeah, I thought they were on the not like side, super though. bulky like black yeah. rats and yellow rats, but they are like they were they at one point they were a subspecies of yellows. Hmm. So. They do get bigger, but they have surprisingly small clutches, like in comparison to like corns. Like they probably a, have bigger eggs, though. A little bit, yeah. 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 Like a corn of the same size is going to lay like probably twice as many eggs. You know, the clutch I just got, that's a first time female. She's not huge. She's not runty either. You know, it was it was eight eggs, but all eight eggs were like perfect. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that's I've a big, seen... big part of it is just they, they don't have big clutches and it just, you know, they, they don't have the explosive like exponential reproduction that you see with a lot of other colubrids. Yeah. And that, that seems to be exactly what I've seen. They have, they have smaller clutches and uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really sure on the size. It's hard to find information. That's what, you know, Justin, I've been pinging you about it. I appreciate the help you've been providing along the way. Cause this is my first time breeding colubrids. Um, I, I don't have a lot of experience breeding anything for that matter, to be honest. I mean, you know, the only thing I've bred is, uh, you know, jungles and coastal carpets a couple times. So this was new for me. And, uh, you know, there's not that much information out there. And it yeah. seemed like, uh, I mean, mine were kind of young still, you know, like two and a half, but, uh, you know, the male went off food, um, seemed like they were of size, but again, that, that it's hard to find information on, you know, what is size. Mine aren't mm -hmm. that big. Mine are, you know, I have black rats that are, you know, year and a half old that are bigger than them. Um, but uh, yeah, and I got a clutch of ten eggs, so I'm super excited about that. And uh, but yeah, that seems to be the case that really small clutches. And so yeah, even then, ten is yeah, ten is decent. That's hefty. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. I was you know maybe you know six or eight something like that. I, I didn't really know what to expect, but at ten I was surprised by, especially the size where it's. I, I'm really bad at judging like gravid snakes because like it's always surprises me like how did all that come out of you? Like, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I could tell yeah. that Loma Alta girl was ready to pop, man, because like the closer she got, I could see like I, I never palpated or anything. I could just look at her and be like, "Yeah, you're you're loaded." Like, yeah. And it, I I was assuming that she was gonna drop a good amount of eggs just by how big she was and and how far up you know that the you know the oviduct swelling and stuff had had gone. So yeah, I was expecting a decent clutch, and I'm I'm happy with what she gave me. And as her first yeah. year, and she she did great. So I gave her a mouse today actually to to uh yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk later I, I certainly uh so mine are loma alta so uh i'd certainly be interested in talking later i don't want to count my eggs before they hatch about trading some uh loma alta yeah. blood <laughs> yeah um like i said i don't know what happened with the the girl that i put with the hypo um i'm thinking maybe i just didn't i didn't beef her up enough going into to pairing and stuff like that um so i don't know you know two if i get two and it ends up being I don't really need if it ends up being two males. I don't know what I'm gonna do because I don't need more males. I've got that smaller male hypo, and then I've got that bigger male hypo. Yeah, you really have no need for a male so, hypo. I don't know. We'll see. But I know yeah, so there'll Brandon's be a hundred working for uh, Meyer. He's been 
he's like, dude, I need a hypo. I need a hypo. Yeah, yeah, yeah mine supposedly no had, had hypo. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see. So um, I don't know if you know Glenn Lewis. I don't really know him. I just you know through like fauna. He he's like a he does a lot of locality colubrid stuff. So that's where I got him from. And you know I had pictures of the parents. And it, it was definitely a hypo male, which he says he collected. So these are locality potential hypo. Mm-hmm animals so you know we'll see what pops out i'm pretty uh, excited to see what pops out yeah no if if the if they're 100 percent heads i would think you'd get it hopefully you'd get at least one out of ten that would be really nice because your pair are they they clutch mates siblings yep yeah okay yeah so these low mounts that i have are too so i'm gonna be curious to see i don't expect any surprises but you never know when you're mm. breeding stuff back you know yeah. so yeah who knows uh, as far as like the leopard rats though, those are another one that I see. I don't see them a lot, but it seems like I see them like when they are available, it's usually like one or two animals. And then a couple months later, I'll see another one or two animals, another one or two animals for sale. And I've never kept them. I don't, you know, they, they've always looked really cool. You know, all the, uh, old world of Laffey stuff is awesome. So I was like, what was, what's been your experience with those? And as far as like keeping those in comparison to like North American stuff. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to purport myself to be any kind of expert. I only have a pair of them, um, but they're, they're really cool. Um, that's another one where I, I can't even remember where I saw it, but I saw a picture. I think it was a book. I think I got, we were, I was planning a trip to Italy. Like this was a, a few years back. And, um, so I got a European, like, you know, herp field guide. It was, it was, it was just a trip with my girlfriend, but I always try to sneak in like herping stuff. If I can. Of course. Like, incident, yeah. Incidental herping. You got Ob- it. Obviously. Come on, man. It's vacation. Yeah. Man. So I think that's where I saw it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. Like these, these leopard rats are, are really cool. So they call them the, you know, leopard rats or European corn snakes. They, they look kind of like a, a cross between a corn snake and a milk snake. And they kind of act like a garter snake. Um, they're, they're not very big, you know, an adult female is, is like two feet long. So they're small snakes, which I, oh, wow. Oh, wow. a couple of years ago, that was another kind of criteria. I was starting to get light on space. It's like, okay, what are some smaller spaces I can get? And, uh, I, I don't know when I saw that picture, I was like, I, you know, and I was like, and they, it's kind of strange. You know, that's the one thing I like about Instagram or social media is, is that you still find stuff you've never seen before. Right. Yeah. You follow enough people. Eventually you see stuff like, like, what is that? And that, that's like what I, you know, that kind of what keeps me going a little bit. And, uh, so I found this in this book and I was like, well, let me look, are these in the hobby? And it was like, yeah, they were, but like you just said, you know, you can't, they're hard to find, you know, maybe mm-hmm. once in a while they come up. So, uh, I got a mail from Matt most, um, uh, you know, a locality animal, a Croatian animal locality, which there's two kind of morphs that naturally occur in the wild. There's a, like the, they call it splots, which is like the kind of classic look, which kind of corn snake look, but, um, the male I have is amazing. He's got the, it's like, it's, I, I don't have any good pictures of him because I'm surprised <laughs> I haven't, I'm surprised I haven't lost him to be honest. He's like a, a, you know, speed demon and just, uh, anyway but it's like you know you got that red and silver you know the blotches uh, which is a you know, real regular pattern and then lat you know so i was trying to find a, a female for for a while and you know nothing i mean couldn't find anything so uh tony d i don't know if you know you guys know that yep. guy's in your yeah. neck of the woods i think uh, i have corn snakes from him oh cool 
Yeah, so he he was breeding them, and he posted some last year. And I'm I'm usually not the type to just reach out to people when they post like hatchlings because I don't like to bother people. I know how it goes. The limited experience I have selling snakes, I don't like bothering people for no reason. But I was like, hey, if you have any females you want to get rid of uh, from this clutch, I'm, I'm definitely looking. And he's like, well, matter of fact, I'm willing to sell this uh, proven female. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I couldn't turn that down. Right? <laughs> exactly. Sold. <laughs> And uh, it's a stripe, the striped version, which I really wasn't. I really like the splotch version. I'm not. I wasn't really looking for the morph, the, the striped one. And mm -hmm. the, the pictures he sent me, it was like, yeah, she looked pretty good. But when I got her, completely changed my mind. Like the colors on this thing, and it's the same thing that got me into carpet pythons. Uh, the, the thing that really sold me on carpets was like an M Pen Coastal, and same thing with this uh, leopard rat girl. It's just these pastel like. It's really hard to describe these like creamy like reds and oranges and lavenders, and it, she has amazing colors. So I, I kind of came around to that. Um, but so back to the question, how to keep them? They definitely like it colder. Um, you know, Matt Matt kind of told me that when I got the mail, and I, I've seen that firsthand now. Um, the, the male was uh, he, he's kind of a, a fussy eater. Um, I'm not sure it has to do with temperatures yet or what. I'm still kind of figuring these guys out. The female, no problem. So when I got from Tony, mm -hmm. she's she's been rock solid. And um, you know, Justin, like I was talking to you, she's she kind of showed signs of like she was progressing and developing. Um, but this male I have, I just don't. He's not the size yet. He was refusing too much food. Uh, I, he's he's back in there now. I haven't given up. Um, just in case she is, you know, producing follicles because she's ready. I don't want to have to slug out just because of a. Uh, male yeah, so we'll, we'll yeah, see what happens well. there i didn't really have expectations for breeding but i figured i'd throw them together but yeah they definitely like it cooler so my all my other rats i keep almost like carpets i keep them a little cooler um but they're in the same rack they're just in the lower shelves um, but the leopard rats are in a different rack they get a max around it's kind of hard in my my that room they're in but around 75 ish 75 to 77 and even that's probably i think warmer than they like it and then I do drop the temps at night, uh, basically just turn the heat off in the summer anyway. So it, it, it'll drop down to low 70s. And that seems fine. Uh, the, the male, the, the fussy eater. So this, this past year was the first year I brumated him. He was down in my basement, which didn't get as cool as I was hoping. Um, got down around 60. And that was the happiest I've ever seen him. Like he was out. Like it seemed like he was looking for food. Like, the, like he seemed super happy at 60. So they definitely like it cooler. Mm -hmm. Um they're cool little snakes. Um, they're so far they're easy to keep. I don't I don't have experience with breeding them, but uh, as far as keeping them, they seem pretty easy. I mean, how is that? I mean, you have like bimaculata and stuff like that. Is that pretty similar? Are you keeping those guys any cool? Uh, yeah, they don't have any heat. But I mean, as I mentioned, as of lately, I haven't really had anything on heat except for the the ackies because you know their cage just warms the room up so much. Like, yeah, I think even even what they're at now, like my, my Dion's and my bimaculata could probably be a few degrees cooler than what they're at. But I mean, everyone's eating fine. The bimaculata, my female shed, I thought maybe she was going to, she was, you know, gravid at one point or another. Now I'm not so sure. So she shed today. So I put the mail in with her this afternoon when I got home from work. Um, Dion's, they were a breeze. I mean, they weren't, they were no problem getting eggs. They were, they had, they had no, uh, no shame. They were anytime I opened the tub, they were they were at it. So, so but it's the just, you have do you have do you have a few? Uh, you just have one pair. Or you have a few different. There's a bunch of different kind of colors and morphs. Yeah. There, so I I originally got a trio 
from Dr. Loafman. Uh, it was a pair of Siberians and then a Beijing female. Uh, female Siberian, for whatever reason, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was just age or what, but I, you know, I went in one day and she was, she was dead. And there was just some blood from the mouth. No clue what happened. Could have been completely natural. Could have been maybe she got some sort of internal bleeding from food or something. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. It didn't seem like anything, uh, questionable. Um, obviously I took some precautions anyways, just in case. But I have the male still, and I have that female still, and she's the one who just gave me that clutch. And then I have a lone... Zach produced one baby from that Beijing female to that Siberian male, and I have that one too, but she's you know she's only a year and a half old, I think, if that. So she's a ways out, but yeah, I mean, those have been easy. The bimaculatus seem to be a little more difficult, not like harder, but they just require, I think, a little more nuance in terms of like how you're right. the process of it all. Uh, but they're that whole group, man, like a lot of that old world Elafe stuff, it's almost like rough scale pythons where it's like they're not hard to keep, but for whatever reason, they you know up until recently i guess with rough scale pythons kind of a bad example but like they're they're easy to keep they're not really any different from a lot of the other stuff we already have in the hobby but for whatever reason like they're just no one's really bothering with them like i know dion's at one point were really popular i think bimaculata are kind of just a byproduct of that like people had them didn't realize they were that because they look so similar um yeah so i don't i don't know i mean it's just it's surprising that Dion's haven't haven't really taken off more because of all the colors and stuff that they come in and yeah, there's they're a lot of parallels they're, to they're like house big. snake, you know, like yeah. house snake they're kind of taken off and Dion's kind of seem like the same way except easier almost, but not not that I'm I'm not saying that like in a bad way, but like you know it they're you know there's a lot of cool you know, colors you have the variety you have you know small size easy to keep all those you know like good points to me mm -hmm. um, they're definitely on my list to get at some point. Um, they're really cool. There's a lot of those old world rats that you don't see as much anymore. You know, you know, like the leopards, like, you know, there's not, you know, like the circles yeah. that they used to breed them. I, I, I don't think they do anymore. Like, it's really hard to find people that are breeding them, like the ladder rats. There's all kinds of these European rats that you just really don't see anymore. It's just kind of a shame. Yeah, it's, it's just bizarre because it's, I think it's, they're sort of like the middle child in terms of her pediculture and the internet, like pre and post internet being a thing you know like beforehand they were more popular and then they kind of uh faded out a little bit just before the internet got got big especially social media and stuff and now that social media is back like they're getting more exposure so maybe they're going to start gaining more traction over time but yeah i mean the dions have been a breeze like i was like these are I mean, mine are kind of spazzy. Like my male, if I open the tub, he just starts striking at my face pretty much constantly. But he's he's also small. Like he's not big. Right. Um, you know, the baby, they're, I go in there and grab her and she's cool. You know, the female's pretty chill if she knows she's not getting fed. Like they're not big. They're super easy to keep. Uh, none of them have ever refused food. You know, the, the female actually like she she's fallen on the floor from the top of the, the rack she's in multiple times. Cause she's in a V 70, like coming out of the tub for food. Like she will, <laughs> she comes flying out and she's ended up on the floor at least twice because she just gets so excited. You know, it's just, it's yeah. funny. And they, they, you know, the, just the variety, uh, 
you know, we don't have a lot of the stuff here in the States that they do over where they're native, you know, Europe and stuff like that. So I know Matt most has some really cool stuff. He's got some of the melanistic, uh, types and I don't know. He said, uh, I don't know what he's doing with them or how many he even really has, but Matt's got everything. Like Matt posts yeah. stuff. I'm like, you have that? And he's like, oh yeah. Yeah, Matt's yeah. got everything. It's crazy. So what uh what kind of carpets are you are you working with? So I've got um I've got a small group of jungles, I've got a small group of coastals. So the coastals I have are mostly uh, red coastals, and I have a, a pair of super caramels. Um, so my goal, um, you know, I, I use that term loosely, uh, is to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to reduce the, the, the pattern and color to make, you know, light colored coastals on those. Um, and then with the jungles, I've been, I've been kind of trying to go towards this, this higher, higher yellow, um, kind of phenotype, but no, uh, you know, just trying to produce higher, higher colored ones. No. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. What was the like the first carpet that you got, and was like what was the initial draw to to those for you? Yeah, to me it was the, the colors, um, just the um, you know the lavenders, the purples, the reds. Like there's really pastel colors. Like the the M pen coastals is what got me. I saw a picture online somewhere, and I was like, wow, that this snake has amazing colors. And then um, you know seeing Jason Balin at those local shows, I picked up a red uh, tiger coastal from from him um and that's kind of what started all i like i really like the body structure i really like the the personality to have which you know uh, a little bit anthropomorphization but they really are, are more inquisitive than some of the other snakes um you know you guys have carpets you know the deal but to the, anyone listening it's just it's it's really hard to explain they're 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 kind of just different they really really uh, to me, it's still my favorite snake. You know, I've kept a little bit of other stuff at this point and, and they just really, the way they, you know, they don't get too big, but they have enough size where it's kind of like, you know, okay, that's a cool size snake. It's, it's respectable. Um, they have a, you know, you, you name it color pattern at this point, especially with all mm -hmm. the morphs and things out there, you can do whatever you want with them. They're a great display animal. Um, that was one of the things about ball python that I still have <laughs> is that, you know, he, he stays under the paper the entire time, right? My, my carpets are out perched. They're out. You can see them. They're out. They're inquisitive. If I, I go over to their cages, they, they come over and, you know, want to know where their, their mouse is or rat. Yeah. They're right there. Or, you know, they're, or they're just out perched during the day. I can, I can just check them out. So that, that was the thing about carpets for me. And I think that's how Jason sold them to me <laughs> is that they you know, are good display animals and, uh, all, all the myths that you read, he kind of just, uh, talked through it with me and I was like, oh, okay. And you know, sometimes you want, like, I didn't know it was, you know, Jason Balin at the time, right? The Jason Balin. <laughs> exactly. It was like, this was some guy to show. So I was like, <laughs> like listening to his sales pitch and, uh, but you know, he was completely right, completely honest. And, uh, I, I love carpet python. Yeah, as far, I mean, his Very stuff cool. is just, it's, I mean, it's some of the best, you know, the tigers, like, man. I, I've always had a, a, an attraction to the, you know, the tiger stuff in particular, and especially like the Russian tigers and yeah, you know, there's just, not, I don't know. I don't know what it is about them, but there's just always like, it, maybe it's just because of the, you know, the Anthony Caponetto website and seeing the, you know, the tigers and the pictures he had, it was like, that is just, that's freaking cool. I'll take that over like banded stuff any day. 
Yeah, and I, I slept on uh, the Russian Tigers. I'm still kicking myself on that. So I, I got my first jungle carpet from Mike Curtin, and that's around the time he was breeding those Russian Tigers. And uh, it was just a kind of a weird time in my life where I, I, was, I was trying not to expand too quickly. And, you know, just one of those things. Uh, I, I wish I had gotten them. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, those, those are awesome, uh, really cool snakes. I'm looking forward to the stuff that, you know, Owen and Eric are, are doing with it. And other guys, you know, I know, like, Eric uh, Hernandez is kind of blending that in. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know about him, but. Uh, he's, yeah, like, man, he's the guy for reds, though. Like, he's oh, become yeah. the, the dude with, like, honestly, the best. As far as what I've seen, and I'm not super in the loop, you know, with the, the carpet community but as far as i can tell eric has the best reds yeah. oh yeah he's killing it um the, the stuff he has i mean um you know brendan meyer has some some animals from him that are just just killer that to me i like orange snakes and that, that's part of what got me into black rats because um george miskimmon uh he's kind of like an old school dude he's actually the guy that started the the white-sided black rat the licorice black rat and so he's kind of local to me so he's been like line breeding these albino black rats for you know 30 40 years uh so i have this pair of orange albino black rats that are just like they just blow my mind they're 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 so they look like they're literally on fire um so yeah the red stuff you know trying to drive that to to more orange that's kind of direction i'm going um you know jason balen had this uh male that was like a you know you wouldn't say it was hypo because it probably wasn't like a simple you know like the hypos we have now but it's definitely hypomelanistic because if you look at the black on it, it's not black. It's, it's, you know, like almost lavender purple. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, I have a couple of snakes from him, uh, from that sire that are just really, uh, they have that look. So the female I, I bred last year, I got a small clutch from, uh, the, the purples and lavenders on her, um, pinks. It's just the, those colors that I was kind of looking for when I got into carpets, like I'm really like, grateful that you know I, I kind of got what i was shooting for almost and the, these babies are uh pretty incredible um that that i've got it's great man yeah nothing better than hatching baby carpets man i love oh yeah they're awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, chondros are a sore subject for me, but yeah, someday. <laughs> I feel like they are for everybody at some point or another in their life. It's like, I don't want to goes, talk about yeah. it. <laughs> if somebody is not like, fuck chondros, then at some point somebody, has, gonna be. Been, somebody yeah. has been like, fuck chondros, or will be. Yeah, right, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've dropped the fuck chondros for sure. <laughs> it's It's... I, I mean, you see guys that like their first year breeding them and they get a, you know, everything is like no issues. Every, it's like a perfect case study of like no problems getting them going. And they're like, man, yeah. this is easy. It's like, oh, wait, it this one was easy. You know, you hear that from all like the older guys. They're mm -hmm. like, yeah, like that first clutch, it went perfectly. That's great. Give it some time. Yeah, you're gonna be yeah, pulling I, your hair out, and I mean, I'm in that position. Like, I only had the one clutch, and it was relatively issue free for the most part, except for incubation. But it's, I know it's not always gonna be that simple. So, yeah, and I haven't even gotten to that point. So, <laughs> I can only uh, imagine someday. I, I, I'm, I'm keeping the, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep positive these days that I'll get. So, uh, I got. Uh, 
I think I got, so I have five adult conjurers now. Uh, I, had, I got uh, just two, a pair of locality animals recently. So I have seven total, so it's a real small group. Um, but uh, I got four Neos around five years ago when I got all these, um, which, you know, in retrospect, I should have bought 10, <laughs> 15. Because um, out of that, I ended up with one female. And she's been having issues recently. So that's kind of why I'm at the fuck conjurers point again yeah, in my uh... life. But uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, hopefully that all works out, man. Is everything else like designer stuff? Yeah, it's all designer stuff. Most of my stuff is Calico uh, oh, blood in yeah. it to various degrees. Um, so I have uh, several nice males. <laughs> and then um, the female I have is from Christian Stewart. She's from the oh. you know crazy blood. So she's from the Golden Boy Bioc Clutch. So she's a nice animal, but she's been having some issues over the past year. Um, We'll see what happens there. Yeah. I don't, um, Our friend uh, Dominique DeFalco went. She went to to France, but she also took a trip to Portugal to visit Pedro, and she was sending us pictures of of checking oh, out his yeah. his stuff. And it's like, man, that's like just find a way to just stick it in your in your backpack yeah. or something. Like, come on, just crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah. a few of his animals, I think, in the states. Um, yeah, Forrest, I think, imported some from over yeah. from him at one point or another. I don't know if they, I'm surely they still have them, but. Yeah, he's got some yeah. killer stuff. It's because they're the superior Morelia. Yeah, that's not true, but, you know. <laughs> I still need to send off, so I have that Neo from Luke. Uh, he sent in and did the genetic testing with, with Dr. Morrill. Mm. And so now that he sent in the sire shed and his offspring shed, I can send in mine and get a sex determination on, on mine. Nice. So, Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that taking off. I think, I think that'll be a game changer for, for Condros. Um, Cause I really, I'm at the point now I don't really, well, I'm in the process of moving too. So that's kind of been shifting my uh, plans a little bit. So, but I really don't want to buy any more Neo Condros and play yeah. the lottery. But if, if you get to the point where they can sex Neos with the sheds, I think that'd be a real game changer. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it's it, everything in that clutch is doing awesome stuff. And then mine, which is like just now kind of starting to change and it's not doing anything the other ones were doing. So there's a, <laughs> there's a, I'm thinking there's a pretty high chance I'm going to get like the one just green snake out of the that dinker. clutch while everything the else dinker. is like black and blue and. <laughs> so i we'll see i mean it's it's still i mean genetic wise like yeah phenotype it may not be and it may not match its siblings but everything's still there like everything just, all the parts are still there to, to is it really starting to color up now is it starting it's to starting change? to fade from like the orange to like the weird acidy yellow sort of wash you never know man it it's, could just be it could just be a feeding thing you know his might just be a little ahead of yours and i don't know i've been feeding that one more than i fed previous younger ones because i'm like because we me and him and and david you know in our little text conversation we're having to talk about pushing condors a little more than what we've sort of thought was maybe too much like mm. they can probably handle it better than we're giving them credit for and yeah it I helps for sure so do, do you still have some from the the clutch that you bred i have one my my one hold back yeah i'm pretty sure cool. it's a male like 90 percent of the other ones i have <laughs> Yeah, story of my life. Yeah, I don't mind being male heavy, but when you don't have a female to pair with any of them, at least not right. that's, that's not of size. It's like it's really frustrating because you got all these yeah. guys that are just ready to go, and it's like, sorry, dudes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, have zero, zero breedable females. 
But, but I'm yeah. in no hurry, and I'm just filling up my time with colubrids now. So I've gone corn crazy. Yes, you have. Yes, indeed, you have gone corn crazy. Dude, Chris has those that blue pair. Dude, he sent me those. I was like, ooh, those are tasty. I, I was almost like, just put them in the box. Put the box in. Just put it in the damn basket. Blue corn? It's a like a blue line motley. So they're they're originally like a European line. And it's kind of like the blue in turn in, in in a similar manner to like inland carpets, where they're not like okay. blue, blue, but they have sort of a bluish to them. Yeah. But that's they'd cool. be ready to breed next year. And I'm like, man, that's well, you said they'll be ready to breed next year? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they're that big. I thought they were little. No, I mean they like they still have a year to go, but yeah. if you fed them on a regular enough schedule yeah. and you can get them up to size, no problem. They'd be ready to go. It's nice. I just, I'm at a, I don't have anywhere to put them. No, he offered me, he offered me those in the Santa Rosa white oaks. And I was like, pass on the corns, but those gray rats, <laughs> send them. So those came in today. That's very exciting. I don't, gray rats just do nothing for me, man. Like the I white oaks I like, them. but there's, as far as like gen- generic looking rat snakes, like see to me they're not generic. I don't know what it is because to, to me generic is yellow. Even though I love yellows, I have several yellows. To me, that's generic because that's what I see. We don't see gray rats around here. To me, so maybe, to me they're very like you need more. I think unique, it's because you, know? you don't see as much of a change from like the time they're babies in terms of like color and pattern. Well, yeah, overall. that's because they all start gray, you know, and they don't have stripes. So yeah. these just turn out how all the other babies look. <laughs> so are they locality gray rats? Yeah, these are uh, Santa Rosa. Oh, nice. Santa Rosa uh, white oaks, and I also Where is Santa I, Rosa's in Texas, it's in Florida. Oh, sweet! <laughs> is it in Texas? Yeah, those, those are nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, those are amazing, and I also have the Apalachicola white oaks as well. See, I like the whites, especially the really yeah. high white ones. Those yeah. are cool. I've got one yeah. male, dude. My male from my Apalachicolas, dude. He's turning out so crisp. So the male is like. She's almost or the female. She's real like almost dirty kind of look, but she's she's still really cool looking. But the male is turning out just like really defined patterns and really nice colors and just really clean. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just he's just so clean, but they're so cool in like their own their own ways, man. I love I love gray rats. You know, I don't. It's a toss up for me on what's my favorite between grays and yellows because neither. I love rat snakes. Yeah, I just love them all. And the only black rats I have are um, I have Spartanburg locality um, black rats from the guy on your shirt. Yeah, Chris Marshall, Dark Horse Herp. Oh yeah, yep. Everyone's favorite colubrid dealer. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, Jake, you've seen like you've uh, really uh, you're going to be that guy soon. He's just abandoned ship on Morelia. No, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to have, I hope to have at least two carpet clutches next year, um, our next season. So we'll be, I'll be putting in, I'll be, dude, I'm expecting all kinds of stuff. But yeah, Colubrids, man, I'm all about it. I, I love like it. like next level now. Yeah, I mean, I've got more, I've, I've got more Colubrids than I have carpets now. Way more Colubrids than I have carpets. But yeah, no, we're, it's growing substantially. Um, lots of rat snakes and pituophis mostly and some water snakes dabbled in there. I found out I have, I have too many water snakes, man. I was like, hey, God, how did I, how did I end up with all of these? You can never have too many Nerodia. Now, dude, they're so fun though, man. I, I love them. They're, they're nuts. 
they're nuts, but I absolutely love them. I have one pair that's just, they're always, they're always very curious and it's so fun just like opening the tub that because they come right out, you know, they kind of look like they're looking for food. Sometimes they'll come at you kind of gaping, but like a lot of times they'll just come out and I'll put my knees just kind of up to the tub and they'll just come out and they'll get on my leg and just kind of go up my leg and I'll put my hand out. They'll get on my hand. And I'll just cool. hang out with them for a minute. They're super cool, man. There's only two of them that do that. Okay, what about the of, other ones? Yeah, the, the, the other ones kind of fall out of the... We may have had a mishap the other day where one almost got behind <laughs> my rack. Yeah, he almost... He dove out of his tub because I did a bunch of upgrades over the week. He wasn't getting upgraded. He was just getting moved down to the other rack. But in the process yeah, especially of Especially after what happened, huh? Oh, yeah. So in the process of moving, he kind of dove out of his tub. And so I put that down and I was trying to grab him but when he landed he bolted right between my v70 stack and then my xr stack there's a gap about yay yay wide through there just barely big enough to fit my arm and he got all the way back there i reached back and i missed him but i put everything i had into it as he was going i just nabbed the tip of his tail and pulled him out and he was biting me and pooping on me and he was, he was not it's happy. good thing black box makes dollies yeah so that if anything like this happens see that's the thing though i thought i got to thinking about it and it's like because i wanted to switch all my stuff to dollies but because of that incident i would almost rather keep the toe kicks because stuff can't get underneath it you know what i mean if something hits the ground stuff won't get underneath it my solution to fix my problem was to push them together and to not have that gap you know because i leave enough space between the wall and the k in my cages right. to get to walk back there if i need to but you know if i if you have them on the caster it could get underneath but so jake what do you what do you keep your like yellow rats your adult yellow rats and things like that because i'm not i'm still not sure what i want to do with my i don't none of my black rats are really adult yet and i'm not mm. sure what where i want to go with that I, i'd love to keep them in cages but i don't have the space right now someday uh i will <laughs> as of now uh, i don't and i'm curious what what you're doing currently i've got so i i don't i have one big yellow rat and i've got two that are on the longer side they're not huge but they're they're getting there um so my big yellow right now is in a 110 quart hefty uh you know, tub and um he does fine in that i think but he's really big for like a yellow rat he's i mean to me he's he's huge he's pushing six foot um, so he's crammed, he's a little crammed in there. In my opinion, he's getting upgraded to a three by two by two cage. As soon as my light comes in, I'm waiting on a, I'm waiting on a heat light for it. Um, and then he'll be getting moved into that. Um, I've got my gray rats. They both just, cause I'm keeping them together right now and they're, they could breed next year. And I've got them both in 110 cord as well. And the, it's very comfortable for them. So with the 110 cords, do you have that? like on a rack or how do you, how do you set those up? So we have me and Jeff, I, Justin actually doesn't run these anymore. I still do. We have, we used to run what's called what we call the poor man's rack. And, uh, it's, you know, the, you know, the metal baker's racks. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I actually have two of those, one with carpets, one with some colubrids. But so for me, I don't, I like having once rat snakes get to a certain size, I want them in something taller. Right. Um, I don't mind them in racks until they get to, 
you know, it, you know, it's just, I don't know exactly, but like just to a certain size. And then I want yeah, them yeah, to be yeah. able to go up a little bit more. Yep. Um, yep. so I've got my bigger, my bigger rat snakes on this metal or this baker's rack. And then the way I heat it is I have these ultra therm heat pads from reptile basics. Okay. You can get three foot ones and four foot ones that are, they're three and four foot long by six inches wide. Um, and I just tape those across the back and I just use those as belly heat and you can okay. put the tub right on it. And I, I yeah. do, they, they do get a little warm. So I do a really thick layer of bedding, but also helps with like thermal regulation. Yeah. You, know, you can be kind of warm up top, super warm towards the bottom. Cool. head. Yeah. 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 That's stuff. a good, uh, so. Those tubs yeah. work for a lot of stuff. Yeah, I love the hefties, man. But I have switched. The only hefties I use now are the 110 quarts for my big uh, or for my smaller yellow rat pair. You know, they're sub adults at this point, but they're in um, the weather the weather sealed ones that have you know the big latches the all gasket, around. Yeah, the gasket tubs. tubs. Um, I have, uh, I think they're like 72 quarts or something like that. You know, they're a big, you know, hefty, you know, one, but they seal really well. That's why I use those. And, you know, cause rat snakes are horrendous for escaping. Um, but yeah. the 110 quarts hefties do really well for the bigger stuff. Um, because, and they don't, cause they don't, they have no play in the lid whatsoever. Um, gotcha. so yeah, that's what I'm using for those, but eventually, I hope the end goal would to be ha would to have all my all my stuff and like all my adult rat snakes in three by two by two enclosures. That's gonna be yeah. the end goal with you know, especially having black box. I, I plan to stack up on three by two by twos uh, for most stuff. Some big yellows might go into a four by two by two um, if I you know really want to, but I think you know because they're gonna average around anywhere from three to five foot you know, on average for right. most rat snakes, but the yellows will push upwards of six mm -hmm. foot. And I like be, them being able to sweat, stretch out over the length and width. So that's kind of what I go by is length and width is, would be the length of the snake. And so at least I try. Yeah. Yeah. The problem, yeah. Yeah. That sounds about what I had in mind. The problem I'm having right now is the, uh, like heat panels. So that's kind of what I use for most of my cages is, is radiant heat panels. You just can't find them right. anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's been a, uh, that's been an issue for a lot of people, especially yeah. like, I think the, the VE ones have been particularly difficult. Yeah. Like reptile bases had a really hard time keeping those in stock. Um, and I know that just because, you know, Jen and, and them at black box, they've, they too have had issues being able to get them in consistently and, and stuff like that. And I'm sure it's, china and supply chain related stuff as yeah. you know, because of it but that's that's one thing i'm changing with because i on my big cages for my carpets i actually run belly heat i have some reptile basics cages that i have my big carpets in i run belly heat on those which is you know it's fine they've been in there for years it works i don't love it but i'm actually going to be switching everything over to actual um halogen heat bulbs you know just very low wattage because they never is there such a thing as a low wattage halogen yeah, I got. A 20, I, got a, I, I I ordered a twenty-five watt. The only ones I've seen are like surface of the sun. That's the watt did you get? No, I got. I ordered. I mean, I will see how hot they get. I got a twenty-five watt. I talked to Arthur uh, Blodgett. Oh, okay. Or Roy. Yeah, but, Roy but how Blodgett. do you do that with like? Um, do you stack your cages or how? How do you do that with? Uh... So with the black box, uh, they make it so they'll basically if you order through black box, which this cage I have the three by two by two that's waiting for the yellow rat that I'm waiting for a bulb for. 
I got it set up completely. So I got a fixture mounted in there for a heat bulb, which also has a cage around it. And then, so the wire comes up and then it's recessed into the cage. So the wire doesn't get any way in the way for stacking up. Um, everything okay. will lay flat. Nothing gets pinched or anything like that. And then it's the same way. So I'm also incorporating UVB or at least I'm trying to incorporate UVB in my setups moving forward. Um, so this one's also equipped with a UVB strip in there. That's going to be on for about three hours, three to maybe four, probably around three hours a day. Um, all these are going to be on timers and, um, yeah so all that was all that was pre 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 pre-made in the in the cage Uh, that that model in particular comes assembled the only thing assembled so like you can get all this stuff added and then you just have to take it out the box set it up and plug and go the only thing i had to buy away from black box is a heat bulb they gave me the UVB bulb. They hooked everything up. Um, they had the cage. They only they'll sell you the cages if they have them. Try to keep oh, them yeah, in that's stock. Another but one they, that that's been, another one. That's another one. They a, a trouble keeping yeah, those around. I got one of their last cages for, or I got their last cage for a UVB strip. So luckily, because if you're keeping any type of rat snakes or anything that's semi arboreal put a cage on all your light fixtures for love of God. (laughs) So I have cages over the basking area and for the UVB bulbs not to install that. And that's the only other thing I had to install is the cage for the UVB. And even then, I think if you ordered it from them, they may already install that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was because we saw Jen and, you know, it was a whole thing. So she just handed it to me. Um, But yeah, no. So I'm super super stoked um i got one of the um i just went on amazon took a lot of finding because weirdly like most of the small so i got the um a nano it's a nano halogen bulb they're real real small um but uh it took a lot of finding because a lot of those have just like the two prongs that you put in and it's just like a turn Mm-hmm. And they're screwed in, but this is an actual fixture that you screw in, and there really isn't many bulbs that are the those nanos at the low wattage that actually screw in. Mm. So it took a lot of searching, but I managed to find some. Um, so. Yeah, that that sounds like that'd be a sweet sweet setup. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. I'm a little worried about it getting too hot in there. Um, so we'll see. I'm and lights and it's just going to be lights out at night. I'm going to start giving everything you know cycles, at least in cages um night cycles and because i've always been weird about it i've never really been big into night cycles but i'm realizing that's a very natural i think occurrence. they help. yeah, yeah I mean, so it's it's not it's not natural yeah, to have a basking spot or even a hot spot like all night you know yeah there mm-hmm. might be warmer sections you know of the forest or wherever yeah, they are but you know still normally these are more active at night so i mean yeah everything i have is on a night cycle i give everything at least a five to you know it's 10 degrees in the thermostat it probably doesn't actually drop 10 degrees in my house but it you know at least you know everything is definitely i do everything with a night trap here yeah so what do you do for like winters anything different yeah so it's um it's a good question so i don't have like a reptile room i have my stuff dispersed throughout my house um (laughs) for now anyway and so it's basically whatever my ambient temperatures are so in the summer it's probably 75 ish and then in in the winter 65 ish um for ambience and then uh, i will set the thermostats up with like a safety net um so for my you know all my pythons i'll, I'll set that you know I'll, I'll do a gradual decrease 
um, down to around 68, 70, um, which probably the heat probably doesn't even kick on um, in, you know, the, the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. And then the, the rat snakes and the colubrids and stuff, I just put in my basement. And uh, that's where I had a concern. That's why I, I messaged you, Justin, because I, it's funny, I, uh, I had just put all my colubrids down. This is the first time I did it, right? Uh, I'm, I'm completely green to this colubrid breeding and uh put all my stuff down in the basement uh i had i checked it in the past just because of you know not even related to snakes just see what it gets down to down there and it was like getting down to like mid 50s so like oh this should be good and then uh i put everything down there is like 63 64 i was like oh fuck like <laughs> this is not good yeah. and then like as soon as i did that that colubrid uh radio podcast with matt and zach came out and they're like you got to get stuff to you know, 50 degrees yeah. or, or it's going to die because if you're in that in-between zone where their metabolism is still going, but they're not really brumating. And then that's why I messaged you. And I was like, oh, I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, did this yeah. kill, all my, kill all my stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, once yeah. again, yeah. that's why I wish I had a cooler because I really hope I don't have to deal with that this year where it's like November and it's, you know, 70 degrees. I'm telling yeah. you, dude, I'm going to be cooling a lot of stuff this year. I wait until end of December, January. I'm gonna stick them uh, yeah, under. I'm gonna I mean, stick maybe, them under for January and February. And I think well, that's gonna, be, gonna like, depend on the season mostly. Like if it's gonna actually get cooler when it's supposed to get cooler and stay cooler, which I don't expect it to, because we're turning into right. Florida more and more. And every that's year, what I'm but, saying. Like it only really seems to stay cold in January yeah. and most of February. So it's like, yeah, I'm like I'm surprised you guys can even get that cold because, like, you know, I, I, like I said, I got down like it was like 60 most of the winter there were a couple like days when it was like you know really cold where it dipped down like 58 i did get mm-hmm. down to but that was a you know a couple days so like uh, and i started looking around like how do these blueberry guys like other parts of you know like you guys in the south or well, our, our garages aren't nearly as well insulated yeah. as like a northern basement you know like I, right. my family of wisconsin those basements can get warm when it's negative 30 out yeah, so that's yeah, the thing. I can either go to my my basement where it's sixty degrees, or I can go to my garage where it's thirty degrees. There's no in-between. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could always try, and this is just a thought. If you have a plug somewhere in your garage, what you could do is if you can set up like a little corner, hook a heater up to a thermostat, put the thermostat on top of your boxes, your external boxes with your colubrids, yeah, and set the probe at. 55 degrees have that heater blowing on it or towards it whatever and then have it just shut off and on as it yeah that's not uh, a bad idea it's just a just a thought yeah i don't know i like at night i turn everything off like i think the only thing that has heat is the hatchling rack and even then they don't need it it's just i don't have it hooked up to the same same power strip as everything else so like ackies get to cool down all the snakes get to cool down and like i think even when you go like throughout the year, the different seasons, like they can tell that there's a clearly a difference because the night times are getting cooler. Yeah. You know, the day times aren't getting as warm. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about photo period being a, probably a bigger factor than maybe it's people want to think it yeah, is. I think, uh, I think that's a big, big, big deal for sure. And uh, all my snakes are in rooms where there's natural light coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they do, you can see it. So the nice thing is about things having dispersed in my house is that I have, you know, snakes in my living room, which is good and bad, but uh, I can see when um, like things like that, right. I know when the, the photo period is decreasing, I, I see their activity changing and I get mm-hmm. to observe them. And um, 
not to get into like a, a controversial topic, but the whole tub versus cages thing mm -hmm. to me, cages is really only good for the keeper. Um, but you do get to see it. It definitely has benefit. And that, that's the one thing I like. I have snakes that I like to see them. Like I have snakes in tubs, mm -hmm. but I don't like that <laughs> just because I can't see them. Right. I think a lot of, a lot of them do better in the tub, but um, watching the snakes in the, in the cages in my living room, where there's natural photo periods where they track that for sure you can see i can watch monitor the behavior i know when those males are are looking like mm -hmm. like, like i said i have limited experience but uh it's pretty easy to tell when to put those snakes together <laughs> so I, I attribute a lot of my limited success to that is that i can see when these when you know they let me know and uh, i can just put them together Nice. Yeah. And then even then, like when you get into the whole conversation about, you know, 60 isn't cool enough, it's like that's also going to depend. Like 60 definitely won't be cool enough for like the Dion's and the Bimaculata. But for the corns, it's like that's what we yeah. get here. So it's, it's, like I said, yeah, I'm convinced I... that a lot of stuff here, at least within the last several decades, so... because it seems to be getting warmer in the winter, like I don't think a lot of it truly goes down, down. I yeah, think yeah, and I think it, like, right. I think it's all relative, right? So if you're if, if they're used to being kept at you know warmer, and then you're still getting a ten degree drop, it's enough to trigger that. Um, yeah, which yeah. you know I'm saying that without any real yeah. <laughs> and, and expertise, it's like... but it seems to be the case. Like where you know, uh, for for a lot of things anyway. Obviously, that's not going to be the case across the board, but yeah, and it's like I've I've. Zach Loafman said it on the show and that it's, it's had my gears or my gears turning since, you know, when he brought up, you know, at least Southeastern stuff, you know, at least your, your colubrids from here coming out more of a carpet Python approach to it of cooling them down, you know, at night, then warming back, warming them back up during the day, you know, hot spots and everything. But then at night drop them to, you know, sixties, you know, something like that. You know, yeah. continue feeding them lightly, you know, to keep them mm -hmm. going because their systems and metabolism metabolisms are still it's like be a, going to be going. A light brumation. Right. Yeah, well, but it's yeah, also interesting. Exactly, the, uh... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say that's just exactly that's exactly how you do carpets, minus the feeding. You know, when you're breeding carpets in the winter, you know, you don't really feed them for the most well, part. That's but... a that's the thing, and that's maybe true, but I found that like if I don't feed my carpets during the winter, it's when they don't ovulate, the females anyway. Um, yeah sometimes that one meal can kick can kick an ovulation type of yeah because even carpets at like at the temperatures i'm taking them to you know low 70s you know maybe high 60s uh, at night um they're still active they still want food they're still mm -hmm, out yeah. hunting almost every day um and if i give the females food if i don't feed them it seems that's when things kind of drag out in terms of a, a reproductive cycle mm -hmm. um, but if i feed them it it, it seems to to push it along um but yeah it was really interesting with the the you know zach and matt i love their podcast it, i think they're you guys are doing it one awesome of the best all, Man, yeah all, 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 all you guys i'll just i guess take a second to throw my appreciation for all you guys putting content out on podcasts uh you know it, it's awesome but those guys uh that like i said that podcast kind of threw me into a freak out cycle but then it was interesting <laughs> to to the the follow-up podcast where they were saying they were getting all this feedback about all the people replying saying that it was you know their stuff was breeding despite the conditions and then uh i was like okay <laughs> uh, yeah 
and I, I guess yeah, it was it was just it's just interesting to see the. Uh, I, I love how the community comes together uh, for some of these things to to try and share knowledge. It's really one of the things I like about uh, you, you know snake keeping and, and breeding. Yeah, I could listen to Matt and Zach talk. Yeah, dude. You know, it's just the the. You know, they've both done so much, and you know, Matt with the just the sheer number of of species he's kept and bred, it's like if he's you're not learning wealth. something from either of them, then no. oh yeah, you're, there's no there's no hope for you. You know, it's like they're and Matt's just got all the coolest stuff. Zach does <laughs> and, and too. Zach's but... just the freaking man, dude. He's yeah. he's awesome, and he's killing it this year. Got a bunch of king clutches on the ground. Got black pines on the ground. And I think what's almost um, what's what's even more impressive as far as Matt is like his collection is massive and like that guy's on the road and works a lot. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Manages. Not, right. Yeah. Not only does he have all that stuff, but he, you know, he's he, he's working his ass off and out of town a lot and still yeah. nailing it. And doing a podcast. Matt, Zach, Rob Stone, the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. Yeah. I don't disagree. Stone most and Lofman. Lockman. <laughs> huh? Lockman. No, it's it's Lofman. I think it's, Lofman. it's, it's actually Lofman. pronounced Lockman. Not by him. <laughs> do you even listen to his podcast? I do. Dude? That's like he doesn't say Lockman that's at one all. Of the podcasts I make sure I listen to. I have to listen to the new episode still. But... He doesn't say Lockman. That's like the old, the old English way of saying it. Yeah, well, I'm gonna say it the way the guy who has the last name says it. Okay. So, so where was your uh, your recent herping trip to? Yeah, so I was out in, um, I guess it's the Southwest, but you know, Vegas area. So flew into Vegas, and then I was in um, Utah, South the West Utah, and did a little day excursion into uh, California. Um. Yeah, herping is, is the thing I kind of really got into the last couple of years. Um, and then so that last trip, um, I was just trying to uh, get some rattlesnakes. I heard you guys talking about the, a little bit, the last episode where, you know, I think Phil brought up the seasonality thing. That's kind of where I've gotten to with my herping and planning my vacations around is the, you know, what can I do at this time of year? Yeah. Type of thing. Uh, so yeah, I was trying to knock off a few rattlesnake species out there. I got I got pretty lucky. Uh, the, the, the weather conditions really weren't ideal, but it was still a pretty awesome trip. Got a uh, my life respected rattlesnake, um, Panamint rattlesnake. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was really good. Hey, Utah is on my list, man. After I would love to herp Utah, Utah, man. Oh. Hanging out uh, with Doctor Julander, Doctor Doctor J. So the thing, the thing I, you know, herping is a kind of a, I don't want to say weird thing. So I, I've always been into like reptiles, like we talked about, but like it never really clicked that herping was something you could get good at <laughs> until like a couple of years ago for me. Um, yeah. It was always something like, yo, I go hiking, I saw a snake and that was awesome. But it was like, it was just always just like, oh, it was a coincidence kind of a thing. And then I kind of realized, so I was like, well, I can actually like learn about this stuff and get some knowledge and 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 actually get good at it and then that's what i've been doing i'm still like you know i'm not claiming to be an expert herper but it's like uh it's been fun learning and that's part of what uh i love about it is the the research all these learning about all these different um animals or habitats and just kind of trying to figure it out 
um, you know, I do research by that's my job for, you know, for real work. Um, so being able to research all these different animals and say, okay, how do I actually target something and find it? Yeah, is has been a real it's that to me that's a lot of the fun and then even if i just go out and go hiking for a couple of days it's better than working uh, at least i'm oh, outside yeah. at least i'm outside um so even if i see like no reptiles I, I don't really care but having that extra little like uh scavenger hunt kind of flair to it is is really um it's kind of fun it's really i've really gotten into it the last couple of years and that was the coolest part about Texas, man. It's like, even if we don't find the stuff we want to see, like even just being out there in the landscape and it, I mean, yeah, just it being the polar opposite of what we have here, you know, it's, it's completely new. So everything was, was, was cool. Like there's, you know, Dr. Julander was, was getting psyched about birds. We both tried to catch an armadillo. Like, you know, it was just, it was like, this is, it's cool. Like if we don't even see snakes, like I'm okay with that. Like, it's just, it, it, it's something different. It's something, you know, yeah. it's a new, new frontier. Yeah. Like I, I've been to West Texas, um, not herping. Like I was there in February. Um, once I went for, I had like a, so I work for the government. So I get all the government holidays and, same, uh, same. and, um, I used to travel a lot for work still kind of do not, not as much for sure since COVID, but like, so I have a ton of like, um, miles and stuff like that so it's cheap for me to go on relatively short trips so it's like you know i, I was like oh, i want to go to big bend national park and go hiking for a couple of days so i went in um, you know february obviously i didn't see any reptiles but like just um that was before i really got it back into herping and it's just like seeing all these new places and i was traveling a lot for work and i was like okay i'm going to a lot of these places that are you know kind of iconic herping places you know i was going to arizona florida these places like that so can i get good enough at herping where i can spend a couple hours and go out and find some cool animals where you know i, I fly in the night before i have the night i can go out night cruising or a couple hours in the afternoon and actually get good at finding stuff and um i just started doing more research into it i you know i got you know mike pingleton's book i you know uh and a lot of the stuff is kind of I don't want to say common sense, but kind of, and it was stuff I was been doing all along, but once you reinforce that and you kind of have this community where like, yeah, you can actually like find stuff. You can actually target something and finding it. It's, it, mm -hmm. I don't know, it seemed, to me, it just seemed crazy. Like I, there was a couple of things that came together about five years ago. I was like, I had never seen a rattlesnake in the wild in my life. And I was like, I grew up in Southeast PA, like 20 minutes from Hamburg where there's, you know, it's, it's timber rattlesnake central. I'm like, I've never seen a rattlesnake in my life. I'm like, okay, can I put enough of this together where I can find a rattlesnake? Hey, I live in Maryland. It's like, you know, can I find one here? Can I find one in PA? So, somewhere local to me. And uh, so I started like, you know, just trying. And it's like, you know, and then sh sure enough, you can. <laughs> it's like, it's just like kind of anything else in life, right? It's until you actually try it. It's, it's it, it pretty much you can do anything you put your mind to. And it sounds cheesy, but it's true. And, um, so, uh, you know, so I started practicing, you know, around me, it's like, okay, I can find some stuff. So it's like, okay, I go to Tennessee and then I found corn snakes in the wild for the first time. I started finding all this other stuff, which, you know, as a kid, I would dream about finding this stuff. And then it's like, okay, this is, you know, it, it's doable. So that's kind of how I got into, you know, herping, right. I never called it herping before, but, uh, actually trying to find a lot of these wild reptiles, amphibians. I really got into, um, salamanders the last couple of years which i never thought i would be into but um 
something about the diversity, it, it, it starts getting really trippy when you start seeing all these different divergent, uh, you know, you go to the Appalachians and there's 20 different species of salamanders yeah. on one, one mountain peak. It's like, what, how did this happen? <laughs> it's like, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of cool. You start to see all these different aspects of it. Yeah, no, man. Salamanders are salamanders are always those things for me because I rarely see them. But whenever I do, it's like a it's like a little treat. You know what I mean? Like it's always so it's always especially marbled. So, yeah, dude. I love marbled salamanders. It's probably my, my favorite species. Dude, my same. So yeah, a lot like, of it was like uh sorry to cut you off, Jake. No, the uh no, like a lot of these like amphibians, like, okay, if I'm gonna actually like invest my time or money to go on a trip somewhere, I wanna know that I can do it. And, and so, you know, like ambustamid salamanders, you know, marbled salamanders, spotted salamanders, a lot of these things, you know, spadefoot toads, um, a lot of these amphibians, they, they, you can only find them like a couple days of the year, maybe a couple mm -hmm. nights of the year. So I was like, okay, well, if I can do that, if I can learn enough about their habitat, where to find these things and actually find that, okay, then I have a little bit more confidence in road cruising in Arizona. And that, it's kind of apples and oranges, but to me, it makes sense. I was about to say most people would start with the road cruising. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, well, these days with the price of gas, you know, driving around for that's hours. true. That's <laughs> a very good point. The other night, but, I was uh, like, man, it could go road. I could should go road cruising. I was like, but well, that gas is four dollars which is still cheaper than a lot of places. In the it's ridiculous. It's painful. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's awful. Because I'm like Jake, let's go road cruising, and all those like go. I'm like. Now that I have weekends off, like me and Jake can go road cruise and then I see gas prices. I'm like, mm. but see, at least now if we can start going together, then we can split gas. So like whoever drives, just throw that person a couple bucks towards gas. And that'll yeah, you need to like do like an Uber while you hurt, right? Yeah. So you can <laughs> get a paying fare yeah. along the way. I don't know. I just, I feel like I haven't figured out that, that sort of the craft of herping of knowing where to go and what to look for. And it's just, I don't know if it's just because all the snakes, like on Sunday mornings when we finish cleaning mice and we go flip the tin on my parents' property. Um, I mean, it's a very limited, very tiny area, but it's like, but you also never have see to, anything. You I'm also like, have to no realize, you have to realize the time of day we're also going out and looking. It's usually almost noon by then. Nah, I don't you know, that's like the worst time to go herping. <laughs> Yeah, so and that's what's yeah. interesting too about me that I, I think helped with my herping, and maybe I just tell myself that is that you know going herping in less than optimum conditions. So like if I was traveling for work, right, and I'm like in Texas in uh, September, or, you know, uh, February, or something, less less than ideal time. It's like okay, if I can find something in this time, then I have more uh, confidence that you can find something any other time. And that's kind of what I started doing. I was like, okay, I set this goal. This was like, it was, it was, it was kind of funny. It was right before COVID. It was like the winter of 2019. I'm like in 2020, I'm going to try and focus on like local stuff. I'm going to try and find as many things in Maryland. I'm going to cross off everything in Maryland that I can. And then COVID happened. So it gave me a lot more time. So it was kind of fortuitous, but like, uh, it really accelerated, um, my learning curve. And so, you know, that tells you right there, you know, two years is the amount of time that I've been doing this. Like, I don't want to say seriously, it's a hobby, right? But semi-seriously, I've been putting my efforts into it and it's really paid off. Like I, you know, now like 
you know, that recent trip to Las Vegas, it really wasn't great conditions. I kind of missed the weather window a little bit, but I was able to adapt. And I think a lot of her field herping is, is I think Jake, you alluded to this, is being able to adapt uh, to what, you know, is going to be active in those certain conditions um, or, you know, and when. So, you know, whether you need to night cruise for certain snakes or um, they're going to be out during the day basking and those kind of things and, and you know, are under tin flipping. It's really kind of learning those nuances where it's not like, a, you know, it's not rocket science, but it takes experience. It takes knowledge and it, it's kind of fun to, to figure those things out. And you get to see nature in action and especially like um, one thing is that I never thought I would be into was frogs and yeah, just going out systematically throughout a season and you see the progression of frog calls to me now that's like, I love it. I love going out and see, okay, I can predict, like I can go out in uh, February and the spring peepers are calling and then I can go out, you know, the next time and the toads are calling now, you know, around my house, the, the great tree frogs are calling and it's, it's just kind of interesting how you kind of get a little bit more in tune with nature. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's been a fun journey. Uh, I'm certainly not an expert herper. I'm not, I would definitely not say that, but it's, it's, it's been a fun learning experience for sure. Yeah. What better way to social distance than to be out in the oh, middle yeah. of nowhere looking for yeah. snakes? Yeah. That's, that's always been my, uh, uh, <laughs> my, 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 uh, I'm not a, a he was doing it long person. before COVID. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> COVID was a godsend for me. Yeah. yeah Thank God. Sure. Get away yeah. from you people. <laughs> now I now I have an excuse to do this and not sound weird. Yeah, now it can be exactly. Now I can be a weirdo in the open. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever find yourself down this way, man, come on. I got some I got some real good spots. I can put you on some. Yeah, hell yeah. Definitely hit you stuff. up sometime. Love love to. And apparently, if I'm out of town, that's his good luck charm because that's when he finds all the cool stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we managed to find. I had a buddy from New York. I don't know if you listened to the episode where I talked about my buddy uh, Ben Frame coming down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Found a baby rattlesnake in fifty degree weather, and it was oh, that was I was losing. And that's the other interesting thing, right? You find stuff when you like you least expect to. So, like you plan a herping trip, and then you're there, so you're, you're gonna go herping. Yeah, right? you're gonna <laughs> go, but I, so, was like, like, I was I was not. I was it was shouldn't have happened. I, there was no reason we should have seen that thing, but we did. Exactly. So you learn, mm-hmm. like to me, you learn a lot of more about like um, I don't know necessarily necessarily it, it translates directly to captive husbandry, but you, to me, you learn a lot. So like I was in South uh, Southern California last around this time last year and it was like like, same thing i missed the weather window and i was like oh shit um and uh i got a funny story about uh i don't know if you guys know david hasten he's a jungle breeder yeah um i I mean i'm familiar with the name i don't know him yeah personally but so you know i found a a rubber bow it was like you know like 65 degrees and i was just out there herping because that's why i was there (laughs) it was better than being in the hotel room but yeah it was really funny uh how you the small how small world it is so i was out there a really well-known herping road for cruising in southern california and uh i was hoping to find a couple rattlesnake species including red diamond rattlesnake and my first pass on this road i find this red diamond rattlesnake i was like oh man oh wow the beginner's luck right no wind (laughs) yeah i mean it was like windy it was cold i was like there's no way i i wasn't even going to go out it was like depressing and then the first pass on this road i find this red diamond rattlesnake which is one of my my uh targets and this guy stops and he's like oh what you got there and he's like Oh, it's a rattlesnake and like speeds off because <laughs> like, you know, out there it's, you know, not a big deal. A rumor. Uh, Gross. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then uh, 
I get up to the end of the road, I turn around, come back, and I stop. I find a, a rosy bow, and I was like, this is something I've wanted to see since I was a kid. Like I was through the roof. I was shaking, you know, the whole thing. And I'm sitting there taking pictures of it. Same guy stops again. He's like, oh, what you got there? And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, rosy bow. And uh, so he's sitting there watching me, watching me, watching me. And then we, we start talking. And uh, he wanted to show me pictures of his phone of some other rosy bow. And he starts scrolling through. And I see a picture of a chondro. And I'm like, oh, you keep chondros. And he's like, he's like, yeah, what, like, what you know about contracts, like, kind of a thing, like out in the middle, like this was out in the middle of the desert yeah. in the dark, like, yeah. kind of <laughs> sketchy, like, like who the fuck is this guy, kind of a thing. And he, he's showing it's like, me. Want to see my chondro zip? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, where's this going? Uh, my trouser snake. Yeah. And, uh, so, so, uh, so he's like, and then he's like, keeps going. He's like, oh, that's a jungle carpet, and I'm like, and uh. He's like, he's like, I think I sold you a snake. Cause he's like, he's like, what's your name? I'm like, oh, Brandon. He's like, well, I think I've sold you a snake. I'm like, uh, okay. This is... And then like, I'm like, what's your name? He's like, oh, David Haston. I'm like, so it was really wild. So it's like yeah, really a small world crazy. out there. Yeah, that's it was crazy. really crazy. Yeah. So out, out there herping wow. where, you know, a lot of time these worlds don't cross. And then I meet this other guy who I actually had snakes from who's, you know, produces killer jungle carpets in the middle of the desert at night. So yeah, things like that. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, that's that's nuts, man. That's so that's so cool though. I had a rosy bows are I like them. Rosy bows They're, are the devil. Man, the <laughs> one I had as a kid would like completely ruin them for me. It yeah, was, I just think it was dick. <laughs> I had I I say I had one. I partially had one. It was it belonged to the girl I was dating at the time. Yeah, I took care of it, but it was hers you know whatever uh but dude that thing was they're they're just ridiculous they're they they just anger me they're dumb <laughs> they're not dumb but they're actually really cool snakes I, they're I've, i'm fascinated by them but i don't think i would ever keep them they're really cool maybe i would maybe have one in like a cool really cool display you know because they are really neat snakes but they are just the ones with like know, a nice brick different. red. Like there are yeah. some localities of them that I mean I don't know what the localities are, but there's I see them and I'm like okay that's yeah. that's a nice that's a nice yeah. Just the one the one we would have would just like you'd be holding it and it would be fine, whatever, and it would just like it come up and it would just kind of like put his put its nose in your hand. All of a sudden it would pick up its head a little bit and just open its yeah. mouth and just wrap wrap your hand right there and it's like what what are you doing, dude? Like stop. <laughs> Stop, don't stop doing that. See, it was not even that because that corn just kind of like snaps a little bit, you know. These it's like when you know it's coming, it's not that bad. So when they can't trust them, like they're they seem like they're okay till they're not. That's yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's and it was simply it wasn't like it was an aggressive snake, it was just right, it just it was just weird. It just Just had a taste for flesh, yeah. Just wanted to gnaw on you. It thought everything was food. It's like, come on, man, chill. I don't know. Rosie Bow, they're, they're cool. I don't know if I'd ever keep them again. What are your tricks? Because you do you do some photography stuff. What are your tricks for keeping colubrids still while you're taking pictures of them? Yeah, I laughed when you saw send me that. I, I'd love to know some tricks. I, I guess I have a couple of tricks. It's really hard. It's really frustrating. Um, so the classic one, right, is either the hat or, you know, if I'm at home, I have some bowls I'll use. Yeah, the bowls. really... 
I think the trick is patience. So whether it's you have a cover object that you can cover them with or you're handling them, you can either handle them till they kind of tire out mm. um, or just put that cover on it. So if I'm taking pictures at home, I will put this bowl on top of them and then put something heavy on top of that so that it just sits there and then walk away for a few minutes because, you know, sometimes you think it's long enough and it's not. You really have to give them time to settle out. So wild, wild colubrids, um, it's a little bit different, uh, not too much different, but uh, I will try to take as many, you know, as many pictures as I can without touching them first. Cause it's, if you don't touch them, a lot of times they're, yes. they're kind of cool. They're kind of cool with you. That's what I was going to say. That's my main thing is take your pictures when you walk up on it. Yeah. Don't yeah. try Even and move it. it. Don't try and stage yeah. some crap. You will get your best shots as soon as you walk yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's in the road, which I, I don't really like taking pictures on the road, but, you know, it is what it is. That's how you found them. So it's that's natural. Where, <laughs> that's, that's where you can get your really close, like, headshots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. on the, whatever exactly. I find them on the road is when I try and, you know, get the really zoomed in, you know, head stuff. Yeah. You know, you got a nice background with landscape. And yeah, I get yeah. the whole thing, you know, but if it's nice. Yeah, that's really hard. So, like, this last trip, uh, I found a really nice uh, gopher snake on my last day in California in the middle of the day. It, it had a beautiful backdrop. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and get this wide wide angle shot with this gopher snake. It it, it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. Um, yeah. It just wasn't going to sit still. But yeah, so uh, at, at night or, you know, even. Um, like in the house colubrids, like a lot of times I find if you have, so I use uh, lights uh, in my house if I'm taking, if I'm doing a photo shoot. So you, a lot of times bright lights will, they, they kind of get well captivated by it for lack of a better word. They'll, they'll kind of, sometimes it, they kind of get, you, you know, it, it stuns them. And the same thing at night, um, like if you find something road cruising, uh, I will leave a, a bright flashlight and it sounds kind of cruel. It probably is. I'll shine, shine it right in their eyes and uh, <laughs> blind them. And then you can take <laughs> a look at them. Yeah, yeah, they can't exactly. run if they can't see where they're going. Hey, I figure it's better than them letting them get hit by a car, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is what's, yeah. what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, and a lot of times I'm by myself. So if you have two people, I think things are easier because you could have yeah, kind yeah. of one person wrangle the snake while the other person takes pictures. But a lot of times I'm by myself. So I will, uh, I will leave the flashlight there and that usually captivates them. Same thing with carpet. Carpets are horrible to photograph too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, same thing. The lights seem to help with carpets, but the bowl trick is really the the way to go. If you look at my pictures, a lot of times things kind of coiled up and that's why it's because it was under a bowl for five minutes uh, to get it to stay still. I um, found with carpets, it, they're a little easier if you give them something to grab. Yeah, like a stick. Yeah. yeah, a stick or a perch or just something. If they move around for a minute, yep. it'll check everything out and they'll just kind of stop. And then you. It's another way to spoil you, man. Yeah. And the other thing with colubrids is I have a. Um, so with photos, the, the big thing, everybody always asks about, you know, camera and lenses and stuff like that, which it does make a difference. But the biggest thing is light. Um, so strobes and diffusers and things like that, even for indoor photography. Uh, I have a. I don't know if it's, I think it's about 15 or 18 inch round diffuser, which does a good job diffusing, but it also, since it's so big, I can take that and use it as a deflection device. So if the, you know, like that gopher snake in uh, Nevada, like, right, it, start, it starts trying to go away. I can just tap it with that and then it kind of comes back to center. And a lot of it is being quick, right? So you have to be kind of confident with your photography stuff. Uh, and a lot of times that means maybe my, 
uh, camera settings aren't perfect, but I can fix it in post kind of a thing because you have like a fraction of a set before that thing's taken off again. Right. I think that's, that's the biggest trick is being confident in your photo skills. And that's why I spend a lot of time just taking pictures of uh, bullshit, <laughs> to be honest, uh, to practice. Um, because when I'm in situations like that, I want to know that I can fire off a couple of shots. You know, maybe I'm lucky if I get a, a decent shot off because of uh, some of these things. And that's where, to me, the photography part, I enjoy it because of the challenge. Um, I got into photography. I do a lot of scuba diving. So I got into photography originally a long time ago because of underwater photography and taking pictures of things underwater. So a real dynamic environment, mm. um, you know, low light, all these things, which kind of translate to a lot of this herp photography, you know, taking mm -hmm. pictures at, at night, a lot of the time, uh, an animal that's constantly moving. And really, you know, you look on Instagram, there's tons of awesome, awesome. I mean, I mean really awesome herp photographers out there. And, and I think a lot of people don't appreciate what it takes to get a lot of these photos because these, you know, these animals don't want to stay still. These animals right. are, <laughs> are fighting for their life kind of a thing. Especially and, dart uh, frogs, man. Oh those yeah. Dart frog photographers. It's like, mm. good God, those things. Don't yeah, like I see some of these pictures of like coach whips or like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, how, how did you get this? Like it takes the appreciation to a whole nother level. Yeah. Well, you but, see uh, that one picture, but you didn't see the 30 others. Yeah. Just a blur of an animal. Yeah. Cause know? that's what I was going to say is like, if you're taking pictures of a, a snake, you know, my go-to is always bursts and a lot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the and way it's always like three shot bursts, like you know, or yeah. do a bunch, you know, that way you yeah. get that secrecy. I can't tell you how many times I've shot a burst, and the perfect shot was the one in the middle. Yeah, I don't know why, but that one in the middle Stop was the one that was most crisp, you know, and it's yeah, like, and the it. other, yeah, no, that that's great advice. And the other advice that I would have from my personal experience is to patience, right? Because, like, a lot of times, like. I find something like I'm super excited and like, I'm just freaking out. Like I, like one of the, you know, my best finds was a heel monster. Something I wanted to see since I was a kid, I completely lost my shit. Like I got zero good photos of it just because <laughs> I was freaking out. And it's You're like, shaking uh, half the time. Uh, yeah. I didn't take the lens yeah. cap off, like, like, all <laughs> the, like, like everything. So I, and I still get that with, you know, a lot of the stuff you see. And I, so it's like, it, a lot of it is just taking your time and um working with the app so colubrids a lot of times if even if you don't have something to put over it you can use your hands right and um they will uh, i've never really ran into an aggressive colubrid so you just kind of it's hard to describe and i know this is an audio podcast i'm using my hand but uh you kind of just try and angle them towards center or towards where you want to take your photograph and they'll avoid your hands right same thing with carpet pythons in a captive setting right you, you just kind of direct them a little bit I really think they can pick up on, uh, and this is complete speculation and probably bro science bullshit, but like, I think you can, they pick up on, they, they flick their tongue a lot. Any snake you find, colubrid, rattlesnake, anything, they flick their tongue a lot when you first come upon them. And I've never had a rattlesnake, uh, and I'm using that as an example, but really any snake, really be aggressive. And I think they can pick up on your intentions. It's like... And like I said, this is probably complete bullshit. So <laughs> feel free to ignore it. But yeah. like, it, it seems like they can pick up on your energy. So like, if you come at them like curious, it seems like they respond in that matter. Whereas if you come like, you know, like hard at them, 
like, you know, it, they, it's, it's different. It's a lot more defensive. So I think taking your time, um, in general, it will, will, will it helps a lot of ways. And that, that's kind of generic, not really helpful advice, but to me, I always try to do that. Um, just, just try and like breathe a little bit because it's, you get, you get so excited, right? Especially if you're out cruising for like, you know, a couple hours and you finally find something. It's like, holy shit, I found a rosy bow or I found whatever rattlesnake. It's like, you, you just want to go hard at it and like get yeah. the pictures and, and do all that. And I think yeah. that affects it. And then a lot of times I'm impatient with taking enough pictures, like what you were saying, Jake, with the burst thing, where we're like, I'll take a couple pictures and then the snake is not cooperating and I get frustrated. But like, you really have to stop to kind of like, you know, focus in say like okay like because it's it's always a balance right i don't want to stress the animal out too much and i don't want to waste a lot of time if i'm not going to get decent photos so you you just try and find a balance like okay is this snake going to cooperate and you try and direct it as much as you can to to get uh some decent photos and then you, you kind of move on and then at that point you know there's also because there's so many with photography especially like in the wild if you're in an indoor setting you have lights you have control over that. If you're in situ, then you don't have control of your lighting. And a lot of times that snake is in terrible lighting and you just yeah. kind of got to, and it, and that's the thing. It's we'll like, fix it in post. I feel like people get, yeah. And that's, and that's the thing too. get whatever <laughs> shots you can. But I feel like some people focus on getting the perfect shot so hard that they ignore the moment. You know what I mean? Of finding yeah. that animal and just enjoying it in its natural habitat. You know, you're you right. get so worked up over getting the perfect photo that you miss, you miss, you miss the moment. You know what I mean? Like see, that's why I didn't take my camera to Texas because I was like, you know, I have my phone. Yeah, if we see something really interesting, you know, or yeah. something that that like I got to get a picture of it, then I'll just snap it with my phone. It's like I don't want to lug my camera around yeah. in the freaking desert for a week straight it's like i want to be present i want right. to enjoy it you know same like when yeah. i go to concerts i don't usually like right. maybe yeah, I'll i don't a video picture, yeah but it's like i'm there to be there right i'm not right. there to record it for everyone else just to say i was there you know it's like yeah a picture maybe a short video or something right. but i'm not gonna watch the concert through my phone right that i you know yeah same thing for, I, that's that's similar way sort and, of I and for me it's like when i get really excited like really really excited i forget about my phone and pictures because i'm so excited like the uh i don't know in 2019 i found my i had messed with a few mud snakes in you know i'd say in the wild somebody else found them i was able to interact with it whatever i never like herped one and came across one and in 2019 i came across this mud snake that was pushing like six foot wow. you know and it was it was my lifer and i was so excited like i have some pictures of it i have one that was like edited to all hell because i couldn't i forgot how to take a picture like i didn't know yeah. how, i didn't know right. settings you know but i was so just enamored with this thing like i took some shots and i was just playing with it man just like i was so enamored with this animal you know i did i didn't really care that much like yeah looking back i'm like man i really wish i would have just taken a breath took a couple shots while i was laying there because the first thing i did was drop everything i had and put my hands on my head like oh my god oh yeah. my god you know and i immediately picked it up you know and was yeah. like i can't believe this you know and then i realized like oh man i should have taken some pictures first it's just it's like it, i yeah. mean it's a vacation you know it's like yeah. i want to remember it up here 
Yeah. Well, exactly. The other thing is, is, is safety, right? So like a lot of times I'm out there by myself and, you know, exactly. somebody's, you know, I'm out in the middle of the desert, you know, a couple of feet from a rattlesnake. It's like, I kind of got to step back and be like, okay, what am I, what am, what am I doing here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't there need was... to move this to get the perfect shot or anything. Right. I'll take what I can get and we move on our way. You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 We were supposed to, when we were living in Virginia, uh, my dad and I, we were got invited to go with some people that were radio tracking cane breaks up there. Um, I guess Timbers. I don't. It's coastal Virginia, so I don't know. But uh, we were gonna go, and then like the following week, they had a photographer that was with them, and he was taking pictures of one through the viewfinder and got too close and got nailed. And so then they're like, "Oh wow, I can't can't come anymore." So I was like, "Well, shit." Wow, dude, yeah. that's it'll get that, you, and now. that and because that and that's. I'm not gonna say it's funny. Like it's it's one of those things. Like I, I I meant like it's funny how that works because when you're looking through that yeah. lens, man, I can't tell you how many times I've been zoomed in on something and getting closer and closer. All of a sudden, I come out of the camera. I'm like, oh, I am a lot yeah, you, closer you, you, than you I realized. You, yeah, you lose touch with you lose touch with reality, and it. I mean, it's a uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I totally understand how that could happen. You know, normally when it comes to rattlesnakes, I'm much more like aware when i'm photographing a venomous snake you know it's always i take a burst you know kind of look at it take a burst look at it you know make sure i'm taking yeah. my distance i normally take pictures of i try to take pictures of venomous snakes with a 300 millimeter you, know, you put your hand the over to I keep it from moving in. yeah i grab it behind the head real quick and i you know, spin it down real good Sit still. i actually milk every venomous do, snake man. before i photograph it um just in know, case just just to be on the safe side bare hands no tools you know what i mean find a stick somewhere <laughs> whatever you gotta do man you gotta you gotta keep yeah. it <laughs> gotta get the shot i get the shot yeah i get the shot for the gram yeah exactly so are you using mirrorless have you gone mirrorless? no before? no i uh i upgraded i guess it was last year or two. I, i'm i'm pretty old school i guess i had a um uh, an FX, so I shoot Nikon, so I, I had an FX, which is the crop sensor uh, camera for a while, which I upgraded last year to the full full frame sensor. I was going to go mirrorless, and then I was like, oh, well, I got to have to get new lenses and all this other yeah. stuff. So I, I didn't make that jump yet. I just went to the full frame last year, uh, which I'm, I'm I've been happy with. But uh, yeah, this thing about photography, you can. Uh, it's just like snakes, right? You can you can go pretty deep in on the yeah. Uh, it's a money pit. pit. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I need to. So I have I upgraded to the Lumix, which is mirrorless. It's the G one hundred. Oh, nice. And I have the stock well, lens on that, and I want to I want to get more lenses, but I I, so I don't want to get the wrong lenses. Man. I mean, some of the ones I'm looking at are like sub two hundred dollars, so it's not horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's but. Not bad. I just like I like to do a lot more like sort of macro stuff, and so I'm still yeah. trying to figure out exactly uh, which one I should go with and and stuff like that. And of it, course, there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah, and see, so you really need to weigh out like you know this isn't for you obviously. Yeah. This is just for like in general, like if you're thinking about a camera, you really need to kind of think about what you want to do. So like you know, in your case, Brandon, you know, being a herp photographer, you know, but 
it's i think a full frame dslr is the way to go because full frames do better in low light um they're a lot faster you know there's some mirrorless cameras that are on the fast side but normally your dslrs on average are faster for the most part and so it's like those you know faster cameras are great for wildlife photography period you know if you're a birder you want a fast camera you know I, yeah that was the that was the big selling point and that's been the yeah. big thing that since i've got that camera is the low light focus is incredible um compared yeah. to my old old camera um especially yeah. shooting like at night in you know doing like uh you know road cruising or, or you know stuff at night uh mm. that's been night and day yeah the low light right. focus is, is definitely key for her photography for right. you know out, out in the wild and the mirrorless is great for low light, but it doesn't have some that of the speed that, that you want. That Lumix you know? struggles in low light. I will oh, tell does you it? that. Yes, I thought mirrorless were you normally better in low light. This, I, I could well, be wrong most of that. them do. I'm sure the Sony's do, but this Lumix, it it definitely it it has a hard time with low yeah. light. And, and the autofocus that was kind of like the biggest drawback with that model in particular because it was like it's usually pretty good about staying on track, but it also gets focused on things it's not supposed to i see so i don't it's, i mean I, I mostly got the lumix for video stuff though right photography yeah, exactly. was a bonus because i i had a nikon originally too um just a d i think it was a 3500 3100 and i mean i had that for like 10 years and so i finally upgraded last year and i like the i like the lumix i want to get more lenses and i'd play with it more but yeah i mean i got that mostly just for video for the stuff that we were yeah you know, we want to do so yeah so just weigh weigh your options a lot of good dslr cameras and that's the thing like yeah. you don't have to have an expensive camera it doesn't to have take... to be the latest and greatest no you can yeah. take your average nikon 34 3500s are great man you know they're great cameras your lens will make way more of a difference yeah, than the body yeah, of your camera will yeah you know, the real period, kick in the nuts is that like iphones these days can take like yeah you know, exactly. pictures, you know like awesome photos so yeah it's it, it really depends on what you want to do you know if you want to take the, like macro photos and things like that i think you know dslr or you know some of the higher end stuff does a better job um but yeah depending on what you want to do with photography uh, you know and an iphone these days can do you can take really great pictures with um especially if it's just like, you know, documenting stuff. It's, but, it's only really great in like the perfect lighting. If you have the perfect yeah. lighting, you can take an amazing photo with an iPhone, but you will see the difference when it comes to different oh, yeah, lightings yeah, yeah. and like indoor photography with flash. Oh, I'm not telling you. I know you know this. I'm just saying, you know, for anybody listening, you know, your indoor stuff, you're really doing like indoor lighting and you want flashes and all that, man. You can't be like an actual camera. I love being, even if you, cause the way I used to, I don't have this set up anymore. Um, but my, the way I love to shoot was, you know, so I, I never did anything fancy, but what I did is I had some external flashes and I would put one farther away and I would point it at the wall. And then I would point, I would get one a little closer and also point it at the wall. Yeah. And so it would point out the wall and it would bounce back and give that really soft lighting, yep. but it's still bright. But it also gives like the dimensions with the shadows because one is farther away. Yeah, so absolutely. It's not as bright on one side, brighter on the other. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can get funky with it, but bouncing light off stuff is always a really good way. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. That's a great, great, great point, Jake. Um, I think that's absolutely the way to go whether it's you know you're taking pictures in your snake room or you're taking pictures of wild animals if you can get it off camera flash and you can get cheap ones right there's tons of yeah. cheap chinese knockoff stuff on uh, amazon and this is probably terrible advice from a real photographer 
but like for me like if you're in the field get the cheap it's better yeah. than nothing get a 30 dollar off the camera thing get a 10 dollar diffuser um you, you can do some amazing things you can start doing creative lighting that's really what i you know uh like doing um but it doesn't even have to be creative just lighting in general though yeah. and with a cheap lighting setup that's the, that's the key to a lot of these things mm-hmm. um and you can do it on a budget uh you yeah. know and the thing with cheap stuff right if you're out in the swamp and you have to drop it because there's a cotton mouth at your feet whatever right it's it's not the big investment yeah where yeah, that's you know, exactly what i was about to say you know get something you don't mind dropping in the mud yeah you know, things happen you know especially around here we got some real soft mud and before you know it, you'll yeah. be up to your shins you know yeah. and you'll fall right on over when you try to try to take a step you know if that camera yeah, exactly. goes down i mean you don't want to have a twelve hundred dollar lens on you you know like yeah. everybody everybody yeah. wants one but you can get an off-brand one for about half the price you know, yeah, and like uh, lights, like you, yeah, exactly. Same same concept with lighting. You can get a you know two three hundred dollar Nikon speed light, which yeah. probably has a little bit better color profile, but you can get the thirty dollar one that you can correct in post. And if you throw it in the mud, who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's all about to me, you know, kind of your mission and what what you're doing. Um, you know, I get asked a lot about photography, and I'm kind of pragmatic when it comes to that stuff. It's it's really about your goals uh you know what you're trying to accomplish um if you're out just you know field herping i i say get the cheapest stuff that can do what you want yep do you keep so when you are out and you're you're doing photography stuff i mean are you taking multiple lenses with you or you just got your sort of your go-to yeah i i carry a couple lenses with me i carry a macro lens i have a hundred uh 100 millimeter macro lens I carry a uh, kind of general purpose lens, which I need to upgrade. I still have my crop sensor frame, which is like a 18 to 200. Um, I usually leave that on, like if I'm just going out for a hike or something, because mm-hmm. if something's fur- further away, I can zoom in on it a little bit. Uh, and then I, I do have a, a, a wide angle lens that I, uh, I keep in my bag as well, um, just for, um, some of those shots where you can kind of get the the animal and either landscapes or an animal and that kind of the habitat in one shot. Mm, so I, I have the, that Leo, Leo, uh, 15 millimeter, which a lot of, you see a lot of her photographers using these days, which is like a nice. close, uh, close focus, uh, wide angle macro lens. I had a fish eye for that Nikon for a long time that I, yeah. I didn't use very often, but that was a fun lens to play with. Like did the you, lighthouse. Did you sell that camera? Yeah. Like the lighthouse on on Hunting Island, like I could literally have my feet touching the base of that, and the whole thing would be in frame. Like yeah, it was it was neat. What? It yeah. was cool. Yeah, Dude. it was wild. Because that's I mean that's a tall lighthouse. Yeah, you know it's not a small one. And you're like pointing at it. Yeah, like standing at the base of it. And you're pointing the camera directly at it. Yeah. Jeez. Is it was cool. I mean it was it's not the most practical of lenses, but it was like it was I did some cool fun stuff with, with it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can do some cool stuff with lenses like that. And it's like the one I have is 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 light enough where it doesn't really add a lot of weight to my pack. So it's you know, it's there. If something comes up where I can use it, great. If not, not a big deal. Yeah. I uh I need to find, like I said, I need to need to hunt down one for the because I I'd like to get something that does macro stuff, not only photography, but also can do some cool like, you know, B roll for some videos and okay. stuff and like I'd really like to get some some pictures of the rhino rats because they're they're really good about just sitting still and hanging out and letting you take as many pictures as you want. Yeah. Uh, 
and you know they're so photogenic and along with the chondros too so yeah it's like chondros i just get i get it's really hard for me and this i don't know if it sounds elitist or stupid or whatever but like it's hard for me to take pictures of chondros because it's just so hard for me to get like inspired yeah yeah <laughs> they're, it's so easy and um they they, <laughs> they don't do anything um yeah, yeah i don't know are you a good photographer or do you just keep chondros <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly both <laughs> no i mean well, yeah it's 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 a double-edged sword right because they're beautiful animals right but after you've taken so many photos it's like okay what what else and they're all I... of the same pose of it just right curled coiled up on a you know stick and it's like yeah so i can take a hundred of the same photo <laughs> and it they're it's awesome because it's an awesome snake but it's the same photo and then you turn on the lights and then they tuck their head in and you're like wait come back out yeah, i need wait. like i needed that you know like yeah i'll take yeah. some of mine outside to take you know reels and stuff for instagram and as soon as i take them outside they're like oh, yes, <laughs> my eyes it's here i love talking about eyes i love it's just completely random, but I love looking at like snake snake eyes, like when they're outside in the sun because their pupils kind of, you know, Disappear. change a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, they dilate, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's so cool just yeah. to see them. And you know, the colubrids are very like, dude, when they're out in the sun, they're like, whoa, what's going on? I feel the UV radiation my body. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I would love to do that with the Jansen eye, but it's not having it. Dude, I love all. I get so much natural sunlight in my new snake room, man. When the sun stop is, bragging, when the about sun's it. going down, like it's literally killing me. It's literally like a perfect beam that comes right through He's my like, dude, room, and I'm like, room. oh, dude, this is great. I'm working with a damn broom closet. I mean, my room's not that much. No, but you're yours. saying like the layout is nice. Yeah, it it does work. It does work very well. Did you still need to come over, man? I'm going to. No, you're not. You don't love me anymore. <laughs> I got a three day weekend now, bro. You trying to come over this weekend? Yeah. Hopefully, I can get this freaking I'm light. Bring some tomorrow. thorn scrubs with me. You ain't bringing no, <laughs> no damn thorn scrubs. I ain't got nowhere to put thorn scrubs. I bar- I had to scramble to spurge. get a tub ready for these. Put them in with spurge. So what? What are thorn scrubs? Are they considered um, prairie? The, they're they're Great Plains. It's an MRI. Yeah. yeah, they're mealworm. Mealworm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're really cool. They're neat. Um, so got, cool. He doesn't want mine. I already have three. I'm keeping, <laughs> dude. I'm keeping everything. Like, dude, I, I swear, I have a Noah's Ark thing going on. I have a, everything's in like twos and threes. I like them. Like, I just need the, the, the space. You know, Chris sent them to me. I just don't need that many and, of them, man. I like them, but I I don't want that they're, many. They're dicks, stuff. and I mine aren't bad. I just don't mess with them much. You got you guys are really selling them here. Yeah. No, hey, they're great you know, they're, snakes. They're, they're super cool. You know, it's you just have to like you have to be an Emory person. Me, I'm much more of the southeastern guy. So like I have so I got Brewster County Emory's because I have Brewster County gophers. So I was like, like ah, you know, may, may as well get them, you know. So I snagged those, but they're awesome. I absolutely love my Emory's. The thorns are from Nueces County, Texas. And they, yeah, they're just, they're really cool snakes. You know, they're just one of those things. I'm just more of the Southeastern, uh, more of a Southeastern guy. So that's where most of my Southeastern are. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I actually lived in Nueces County. That's where I'm from or not where I'm from, where I lived in Texas temporarily. Um, so, you know, having stuff from that County is, How's is your finger? Cool. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you want to smell it? <laughs> what? The, one that, the one, does it hurt when you talk about new aces? Is it like yeah, my thumb? Yeah, my thumb twitches a little bit. Starts pointing west. Yeah, exactly. Ah! I yeah. got scoliosis in my thumb. Yeah, no, it's still it's still a little. It only it, uh, it gets a little sore when it rains. It's, That's dude, how it, I know it's gonna rain. It mostly, it mostly gets sore like the a truck's thumb. It hurts when I play guitar. Like when I play guitar for a long time, my thumb starts to really get sore, and then like just like Johnny Depp when he lost his finger. Yeah, pretty much just like that. And then like if I so I don't play video games like at all you know but whenever well, I I, can't, right? his career is ruined <laughs> yeah no i mean i know i never played video games like when i was younger i played ps2 kinda. Dude, i was a halo kid yeah man. i know ne- i never got into it man oh. my brother played call of duty like a freaking madman and Master like Chief occasionally me. i would he'd be like come on man you can play call of duty with me and i'd be like all right fine you know so i go play sorry my thumb is just not gonna happen some time and all for my atrox thumb yeah Gotta no. get in prime gaming condition. Yeah, but no, like legit, like if I play a video game with it, it starts to hurt. You know? Is that is that that's where it got you in the thumb? Yeah, it bit me right on the right on the left thumb. That's we call crazy. that Aatrox Amber Heard. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, got me. Why would you cut off your own thumb? And he's like, Why would I cut off my own thumb? He's like, I've or my own finger. Like I've been playing guitar since I was like a kid. Why on earth would I cut off my own finger knowing that it would affect my guitar playing? <laughs> It's silly. So harsh, yes, I cut off my own finger just to prove a point to my now ex-wife. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I purposely got bit by that Aatrox. That's right. Yeah. Like, this will get like me out. This will like, this will buy me a, an extra long weekend from work. This will get me it's cool. Like, it's like the wire. Cool points at college. All Chicks the girls will think I'm cool. Yeah, it's like the wire. It's about the horror, you know. Yeah. You're sending a message. Yeah, like you don't give a fuck. <laughs> I still think it's, uh, <laughs> I still think it's so funny. Like, because I was in college when that happened, and like when I showed back up in class, you know, I was in a sling. You know, my arm, I couldn't move my arm all at the all. Girls were like, "Oh my god, and, are you okay?" Well, yeah, we, you know, we had just it, by a rattlesnake. I was saving a puppy. Yeah, it's fine, you know. There was a puppy about to get bit, and I yeah. threw my hand in front of it so like, it would no. get me and not the dog. Yeah, but we're sitting in class, and it was literally first first class of the of the morning and it was our first day back from spring break and we had my favorite teacher he's a really cool guy and our professor what the fuck and happened um, to you? everybody's going around you know telling their spring break stories or whatever and i'm just kind of sitting back there you know with my sling and a couple of my friends from college knew what happened i think it was like two or three of them and uh my professor posi looks at me and goes jacob what happened to you did you do that catching snakes and Everybody that knew just started like busting out laughing. So, so you had like a rep, huh? Oh yeah, people knew I was the snake guy. You know, that's what I was known for. You know, my wetlands Snakey class. Jake. I had a wetlands class, and uh, they, they saw whole... it coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and I told him he got I got bit by a rattlesnake, and then he... should have told him you broke your hand fighting a chupacabra or something. Nah, with him, the with him, the rattlesnake gave me cooler points. So. He's around, I man. saw a skinwalker and I punched it in the face. <laughs> I punched it right in the face. It's crazy. Oh, well. Yeah, but no, it was a, that was uh, interesting. Still have it. Yeah, I'm glad it's still there. I don't I recommend it. I enjoyed my spring break from the ICU. Yeah. No. Yeah. Most of my spring break was spent. How about in the ICU. you? 
I don't want to say most. I think I was there for 10 days when that happened. I spent like four days in the hospital. How long was your spring break? Jesus. I mean, it wasn't 10. No, because it was like, it's a weekend. It's a weekend. And then you have the five days off and then another weekend. It's nine days. Plus it's Texas. They, they you know, they 11, account for snake bites. 11 days. Yeah. That's yeah. 11 Make days. Make sure everyone has that extra day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Texas squirrel bites can, uh. Dude, that whole scenario was just terrible because I had to fly back to Texas and then drive to Georgetown from Charleston with one arm and I got lost in the woods and it was, dude, I don't know. My GPS took me through the middle of the stuff. I'm driving back from Charleston airport to Georgetown, South Carolina. It's about an hour and a half drive. It's not too bad. Yeah, it is. But for some reason, my GPS decided to take me through the middle of the Francis Marion National Forest. So now I'm wounded. I'm lost. Dude, I'm <laughs> I, dude, I don't know what was going on, man. I was driving through here. I had one arm. It's were you on high. like were you on like pills and stuff too? I'm no, wounded. no, it was no, it was on it was on the. They didn't give you anything. Oh yeah, no, oh yeah, no. I had pain pills. No, but and they see that's the thing. They gave me Tylenol T3. Here you wow, go. Well, yeah, like thanks, buddy. This guy's a flat. I mean, that, that's like okay, but you know. Yeah, it didn't do anything. It doesn't, doesn't really excuse your behavior. Yeah, but uh, so now we know why they gave you that Tylenol. I literally drove through the forest in the middle of the night with one arm. I was like, dude, deer's gonna run out. I'm gonna crash. I'm gonna blow a tire. Something's gonna, gonna happen. There's no way I'm gonna anymore. get out of this like scotch free. Like this is too perfect of a scenario for me to just get fucked. I'm gonna get a so, of a story though. Yeah, no, it was it was interesting. But I made it out, made it back to Georgetown and uh yeah. Which there's nothing in Georgetown. No. There's a paper George, mill. Like, what, what, what's, George, what's Georgetown? What state are you talking about? It's between Charleston it, it's and here, It's here. It's in South Carolina. It's about okay. two and a half hours up the road. It's literally on the way to into Myrtle so Beach. So you drove all the way from Corpus Christi, Texas to South no. Carolina with a, no. a rattlestone wound? No, 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 no. So I got bit. I got bit in Corpus, and then I flew back to Charleston. Oh, and you then flew. From Charleston, okay. Yeah, and then from Charleston, I drove to Georgetown. Okay, that's, that's, that's still pretty impressive. But yeah, it was, dude, get through. Don't go through security with a rattlesnake bite. <laughs> Do not recommend it. They have to swab you, and does what not do you mean go swab. swab. Yeah, they, yeah, swab. What to, part of you? They had to wipe my hand. Like my hand felt like lava, and this dude had to give you a high aggressive. Five. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Had to aggressively wipe my hand, you know, and I, he was like, you could, can you lift your arm up? Cause I had to lift my arms up to go through security. And I'm like, basically he was, he was just fucking with you. Dude, I'm sure of it. You know, like, cause I got my arm like two, like three quarters, not three quarters, a quarter of the way up. He's like, can you go up anymore? And I'm just like, (laughs) you know, like, dude, this is all I got, bro. Like, come on, man. And he's like, all right, you know, I guess that's fine. I'm like, you guess, like, it's going to have to be fucko. In his defense, he he came up. I saw you in a sling in an airport. I too would be suspicious. (laughs) Yeah, I probably would have done much worse. Yeah, no, but then (laughs) he comes up. And he comes up and he's like, you have to swab your hand. I'm like, why? He's like, bomb residue. And I'm just, like, just, just be glad it was your hand. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I you should have just true. as easily said, yeah, I, I actually, I, just, I, I hurt myself. Wait, so are you, are you going to pick up the bombs I was just handling? Is that what's about that? How do you think I got this burn? <laughs> Ridiculous, dude. It sucked, but I made it. 
a nice lady gave me a cigarette when I got back to Charleston. <laughs> so it was, it you know was so home. funny, dude. I came back because that back then I smoked cigarettes. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. But like I literally walked out after the longest day of my freaking life and I had no cigarettes. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am, you please have a cigarette? Like I was like almost in tears, dude. With I'm this, like with his crutch and his busted arm. He's like, yeah. I have those. Yeah, no, that's exactly pretty much exactly how that got a light. I was almost in tears, dude. I was like, Can I please? Legend, legend, bro. Sweet mama nicotine. She even she (laughs) took it out. She saw me. (laughs) She saw me in my sleep. She's like, Do you need me to light it for you? I was like, Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible, dude. It was terrible. Then proceeded to be the longest month of my life. Yeah, I don't know. You had a pretty oh, long oh, year last year. I had a pretty long two years, dude. Get <laughs> out of here. Yeah, you like fell off the map for a while there. Yeah, I fell off the map for a year and then I had a terrible. I say, I say this like I know you guys. I just say, you know, it's weird with this oh, podcast yeah. stuff. You feel, feel like you know you guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. The biggest takeaway is that girls are nothing but trouble. Hey, amen. The wrong girls are nothing but trouble. Find yourself a good one. Find yourself a good one. Hold on to her forever. Dude, it's bad because like I got these snakes from Chris today and I hadn't I hadn't told Kayla and I was like, oh no. Like snakes are coming today. I haven't told Kayla. Yeah, it's good. And then but I was like, wait, it doesn't matter. Welcome to marriage. Like it doesn't no, but it didn't matter. Like I was like, I don't know why I haven't told her yet, because I just forgot, you know. And I was like, I felt like there's that part of me was like, oh, she's not mad. And I was like, why would she be mad? I'm a I told her she was like, Yeah, new snakes. And I was like, a straight pro of sneaking stuff into the house. I don't sneak anything, man. She knows. I don't add anything. I tell her what yeah, I that's key. We're also where, not married. Where did that one so. come from? I'm like, oh, I've had that. that, that that's not yeah. But now, yeah, I told her I was getting new, new snakes today. And she's like, yay, new snakes. Like, well, that's that's like a you know, good friend of mine told me. If you find one that you 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 like half, you know, half that much, then, you know, stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. She puts up with that kind of stuff, you know. It's worth worth putting some effort in. Yeah, or you, that's when you just you get a species that you know they like. Yeah, like Katie yeah, loves the that's... rhino rats, so I can get all the rhino rats at once. Yeah, well, you're you're, you're lucky. That's kind of hard though. <laughs> Dude, oh, how about Kayla's? Kayla doesn't mind if I use my little side of the room as like a quarantine space either. Yeah, see, yeah. that's that's a keeper. It's a win-win, man. I'm telling you, man. I've got yeah. a maid. I didn't like, really yes. give mine much of a choice in that department. <laughs> yeah, like, but even yours are in the closet. Even yours are in the closet. Not yeah. all the time. No. Sometimes I'll leave okay. them on like my side of the bed. And it's like, look, unless you want me to lose everything that's in the other room, which I hope you Let don't. Let me do this. I have to do this. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like gambling right there. You're taking. You're still <laughs> taking a chance. <laughs> What if she says, I will yeah. do this. She, well, she knows that Sleeps if they're what, what, what if she says, yeah, let's roll the dice. <laughs> she she knows that if they're in the closet or they're in our room, like they're not going to be there forever, right? Like they're going to be there for a little while to make sure everything's good to go, and then they'll yeah. get moved. Like they won't be there permanently. You know? Yeah, that's not bad. You have a little arrangement. Yep, unspoken agreement. Yep, but. We are at the two hour and 10, ten minute minutes. mark. So, Brandon, where can people find you if they want to see what you're posting, message you, talk to you? Where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, um, BAM Reptiles, B A M Reptiles. I think if you search my name, Brandon McWilliams, it brings up the same page. 
Uh, same thing on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. So yeah, I do have a, a website, bamreptiles.com. Uh, it's kind of up to date. So uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, I'm always up to talking snakes or any type of stuff. So feel free to get in touch. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. This has been a great episode. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, this was fun. I was very much looking forward to it. Yes. So appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, I'm sure you'll hear from us again sometime in the future. Cool. Yeah, glad yeah. glad to be here. I had fun chatting yeah. with you guys. We'll yeah. talk Baird's business. Oh yeah, and you'll have to. We'll have to link up sometimes, man. I just followed you on uh, on Instagram, so we'll cool. have to. We'll have to stay in touch. Talk rat snakes. I'll send you a picture awesome. of my 110 quart setups. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. This show was brought to you by Steve Snake Shrine's Venom Hot Sauce. Cottonmouth Sauce is where it's at. Grab you some. Steve's Snakeshrine.com. Get you some. And then BlackBoxCages.com. Black so if we've, you know, we've. We've talked about them plenty this episode. We can't talk about them enough. You Not need a rack. Good things. You need a cage. You mm. need toe kicks for that rack. A toe dolly kicks. for that cage. Anything. Anything. You need lights in those cages. Sliders. Nothing. Front openers. Swing doors. Swings. Whatever. Swing doors, slide doors, whatever you want, man. The smoothest racks you'll ever put your hands on. Butter. Butter. No mm. more spilled water bowls. I can't believe Thank it's not Jesus. black box. Ah, ah, that needs to be assured. <laughs> I'm gonna make. Uh, I'm gonna talk to Jen about that one. That's gotta happen. Yeah, that's a good one. I like Look it. out for a video soon. As soon as I get this cage up and running, we're gonna do a video um, on all my equipment from them. I really wish my XR16 was filled up, but yeah, put some buy go to Dollar Tree, get some little rubber snakes, and put them in there, and be like, <laughs> "This is what it would look like." This is what it would look like. Yeah. Did you like my my thermostat strip behind the racks? Yeah, that yeah. looks pretty slick, right? I need to get another one of those for all this. Yeah. I like those those big. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, duty. when you when you mount them up too, and you can put them somewhere, yeah. dude. Oh my god, it makes well, the, my life so the much. Problem cleaner. with mine is like there's that window there, so I don't yeah. really have. I'm, yeah. I'm, get the command strips. Some of us don't have the luxury of having such an awesome room, Jake. Well, I wish somebody would come see my awesome room. On that note, we'll see everybody Monday night for Snakes and Stogies episode 122. Um, Snakes and Stogies raffle is still going on. There's still some slots open. We're going to be drawing Monday. Uh, so get your spots while you still can. I think there's still maybe two left on the Tumblr. There's a handful of spots left open on that Red Coastal from Eric. Uh, and then there's still a handful of slots for the isopod and Bavaria little kit from Jeff and Kendra at Puget Sound Pythons. Um, and then we're going to start planning our raffle for next month. And we're supposed to be doing some like hardcore trivia this week too, which I have to talk to Phil about because we have to, now that I'm working, I don't have the, the ability during the day to get these things done. Yeah. I was about to say, you so are going to have a little bit of a change. Like that was kind of the problem <clears throat> with, with the show Monday. It was like, I wasn't, I didn't have anything ready. And I was like, ah, I completely forgot about it. Cause I've been so busy with the transition yeah. and learning stuff and still learning stuff. So it's been, it's an adjustment, but we're getting, yeah. it, getting it figured out. Um, so Monday's show will be a good one. If you're free and feel like coming and hanging out, feel free. Okay. So we will see everybody uh, then. I actually might pop on while I clean. I got clean snakes Monday, but oh. I might pop on and. Yeah. I keep forgetting it's Memorial Day. 
Yeah. Oh, fuck it. It's my mother. Then. It'll happen. Oh, I'm all actually then. Yeah, I can't pop on. Kayla's hey. working. I can clean during the day. So the night should be free. We're still doing it in the nine. Because Phil oh, can't do it any yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah we, that's we tried actually, to. So it's actually pretty late. Deal breaker. Maybe street lights are on. Jake's got to go to bed. Yeah, my ass got to get up early. All right. All right cool. Everybody thanks have again, a good Brandon. Evening. Have a good evening. Yeah, thanks. See you guys.